Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. I just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. Hi. 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 I want me some glory hope. Dude. You ain't moss. I'm the boss. Pocahontas. It's a me, a man, a Garcia. <laughs> Uh, hey, uh, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, all right. Uh, um, uh, uh. How about those friggin' pirates? Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to this Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live Basketball Night in Greenville, North Carolina, East Carolina. Hosting UCF tonight, trying to snap a long losing streak. We'll talk about that quite a bit on today's program as we will hear from the head coach of the Pirates, Mike Schwartz, his final meeting with the media. Got that coming up later on in hour number one as he gets ready for UCF. Pirates 1-1 one and one in league play, coming off a big win against Wichita State. Long losing streak to the Knights. And they'll try to snap that tonight. Brandon Suggs making a return trip to Menji's Coliseum. We'll hear from Mike Schwartz coming up in about 30 minutes. We will visit with The Voice coming up. Jeff Charles at 4 o'clock. He will be on the call for his 1,000th basketball broadcast at ECU tonight. Unbelievable. What a number for the legendary Jeff Charles. We'll talk about that and a lot more with The Voice. Talk some pirate football as well coming up at 4 o'clock. Patrick Mason will be on hand. For the game tonight at Menchie's Coliseum, Patrick from the Daily Reflector will join us. We'll rehash his trip to Birmingham and uh, talk some pirate hoops as well. Coming up at around 4.30. And Steven Igo, hoist the colors. Man, a ton to get into with Igo when it comes to this East Carolina football roster. Heading into this offseason, what it's going to look like when the Pirates take the field against Michigan coming up uh, in September. And, of course, some basketball talk as well with Igo, Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, Jonathan Ellerby here on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Hello, Ellerby. Hello, Clipper. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, the weather outside, a bit frightful. Uh, you can find us right now on YouTube, on Facebook. Uh, how about other platforms? How are we looking right now? I know the uh, weather has done some damage to us. Yeah, I think we may have had some satellite issues during some of our CBS sports programming, but uh, hopefully Shirley Rhodes can uh, have a better answer to that on the radio side. Let's go to Shirley uh, in Studio B. Shirley. Uh, let's go down to the sideline with Shirley. Um, i got a the, Gary Hahn update in the, a moment, too. Wow. Yeah. Um, that was a really bad Gary Hahn impersonation, by the way. I should just leave that to Chandler. Our satellite did go down due to the weather. Um, we are still working on that. However, on the radio side of things, everything is fine. It's right. just we just lost our satellite signal, so we had to kind of come up with an alternative way to bring you the last part of jim Rome this afternoon so we are good to go thanks for tuning in uh, whichever way you choose to do so on this wednesday and you can be a part of the show chime in on facebook live at youtube with your thoughts how you feeling about ecu ucf tonight how you feeling about ecu football coming off a bowl win and having a lot of players exit the program so what are your thoughts right now on ecu athletics we want to hear from you ellerby how are you doing on this wednesday uh i'm doing great uh off to a great start for a new year on the the fourth day of the year so uh just excited about uh this 2023 and i i just think a lot of people are starting to see 
you know, with social media now, you get news so instantaneous and you get it at all hours. And uh, kind of like the CJ Johnson news that uh, broke late or in the evening uh, last night. But uh, I just think this is the new norm. I mean, players, every, everybody is uh, a temporary status. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing I saw today that gave me the biggest chuckle is that Bobby Petrino took the UNLV offensive coordinator's job for three weeks and is now at Texas A&M. So, I mean, it's just everything in the world of college athletics and the sports world and in general is just bizarro. And you, you just really don't know what you're going to wake up to day in and day out, which makes our job a lot of fun and entertaining. It's ex- uh, exciting. And look, we haven't even really got to the coaching carousel portion of this stuff yet. It like, used to be just the coaching carousel. That's going to be nuts. And then you got the... The players, the portal. I saw somebody complaining on Hoist the Colors today about East Carolina not being active in the portal this offseason. I mean, w- when did we add Isaiah Winstead to the roster? That was post-spring ball, right? I mean, you, you, you've got a lot of time to build your roster in this new age of college football. So there is a lot of moving and shaking that's going to go on. You know, NFL, domino effect, down to college. I mean, look at Jim Harbaugh. We, who knows who East Carolina will be facing as a head coach in that first game of the season against Michigan next year. So just so much change uh, will happen between now and then. And that, that'll be a big domino in the world of college football because, you know, Michigan's going to go get another sitting head coach somewhere else, which is going to open up a job yep. and then create some more staff changes all over the place. So, uh it's just it's just going to be nuts if you if you have a lot of time on your hands and suffer from high anxiety and are, are big into sports then you you probably struggle with all this new portal nil coaching carousels just when you think you kind of got the grasp of the coaching carousel of when the hot times are going to be now it's just man it, it is all the time and uh, nothing really surprises me to wake up and say that such and such is in the portal such and such is going to the nfl draft um you know east carolina's benefited there's been i mean you'll talk to i go about it later but a couple unc players have i believe already committed to coming to East Carolina from the portal. So uh, it's, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's so hard to keep up with. You, you really need to, you really need to use a piece of paper and a pencil because you need something to erase. No doubt. And uh, boy, it, it shows the hypocritical nature of us all, too, when you see these things like uh, North Carolina players coming to ECU because it's, oh man, the, the North Carolina stinks. Those guys, those players are awful. And then yeah, we, they lost four in a row. Then we get one of them and we're like, all right, this guy's good. <laughs> all right, yeah. He's going to be a great pirate. It's just, it's hilarious uh, to see all the reaction out there. Uh, you mentioned not being surprised by anything. Um, not shocked about CJ Johnson news be- and to the point where yesterday uh, myself and, and Chandler and Bryce were kind of going over the returning producers for this football team, especially at a receiver standpoint, and we're kind of taking C.J. Johnson out of it and and said that the the leading guy, and Chandler brought up Jalen Johnson, Jalen Johnson, Shane Calhoun right now are your leading weapons uh, at the receiver slash tight end positions for this team because Isaiah Winstead, C.J. Johnson, Ryan Jones, Keaton Mitchell, there's your top four receivers from last year. They're gone. Uh, you've also got uh, other players out as well, so it is. Uh, it, and this is this is college football. This is like the new norm. You're going to have to get used to this. It's not the way it was, and you're just going to have to accept that 
and every year there's going to be change that's just the way it is right now yeah and the one thing uh at least it appears mason garcia is the guy that's going to be the quarterback for next year that uh he doesn't have any chemistry with really anybody right now so he has a fresh slate to uh build some great chemistry and relationships with his uh, receivers and tight ends uh they should have played ellery <laughs> just we're not gonna, you're not gonna have that discussion you know what happened that block punt changed oh, his yeah. whole i mean yep. he was getting ready to come in yep. and that block punt prevented him from coming in until he had to take the, the knee in the victory formation and nah, in, right. in, in that bowl game because it, it was it was set up i mean it was the mason garcia he would have gotten all that experience that have made the difference <laughs> when we go to michigan next year yep. now all we can hope for is that jim harbaugh is not there that mason garcia does not have to go up against jim harbaugh as head coach <laughs> because that'll give east carolina a little bit more leverage in the big house got more football uh topics to hit folks are fired up for ecu hoops tonight josh says uh clipper excited about the game tonight pirates gonna pull out the dub the 113 crew will be rocking adam says pivotal game tonight for the pirates win tonight and the team will be even more confident to compete with the upper echelon of the american um and that's it for hoops ellery you going tonight absolutely all right i'll be there chandler will be there in a working capacity chandler hardest working man uh this side of the mighty mississippi as he was working late into the night last night posting things on uh pirate radio social media he is the grind never stops does it chandler never stops chandler chandler's nickname should be waffle house open 24 7 <laughs> <laughs> and you never know when he can fly off the handle yep. there you go absolutely yep. uh jay says the biggest loss for east carolina steve shankweiler as o-line coach says glad he's taking on another role in the program but that will be an important hire jay i will disagree and say the biggest loss is keaton mitchell yeah i mean i, I think if we i think if there was one person we could ask back right now and I, we all love coach shake i'll take keaton mitchell yeah i think we would all uh invite keaton mitchell <laughs> keaton mitchell uh three stinted offensive line coach i'm going keaton remember, remember uh the game red rover red rover i think we would say send keaton mitchell back over yeah he uh bailed us out a few times uh this season so yeah coach shank and it is like jay said great that he's going to remain with the program but uh he will no longer be coaching the offensive line at ecu yeah i think if we said we would not hire an offensive line coach and keaton mitchell could come back i think everybody would be happy with that too <laughs> who needs the whole line coach if it came down to like well um, all right let's let's get keaton mitchell back but, yeah uh, hey there's a great opportunity for uh rajay and uh, marlon gunn so uh next man up that's the way it's got to be right clip that is correct jay said somebody had to block for keaton eh, not every play sometimes he just uh ran past guys when you're the fastest guy on the field steve shankweiler didn't block for keaton he did coach the guy now someone did him. have to hand the ball to him someone did have to snap the ball to the quarterback and then uh, hand the ball to him not necessarily we could just go direct snap we never did the wildcat no. or the wild keaton the wild keat <laughs> yeah. the wild keat uh tyler says i thought jalen johnson had a good showing in the bowl game i'd like to see him uh take the next step uh chandler you mentioned taji hudson making a play in the bowl game brock spalding i think had his first catch as a pirate right yep in the bowl game as well so savage while aylers was putting up historical numbers isaiah winstead going out with a bang cj keaton as well we did see a glimpse of a uh 
what the future could look like in the passing game for East Carolina. Yeah, and that was great to see. I wish we could have seen a little bit more Brock Spalding and, and other guys like that. I think Tyler Savage was another guy that got into the game. And I know we're talking about offensive weapons, but you also saw a lot of guys on defense get a lot of reps too. A lot of young guys on defense getting a lot of reps. So future Pirates getting some experience in Birmingham. I hope the next guy that wears number two is fast though, so he can still do the deuce and pass people on the sidelines. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like Kerry King wears 17 now, and he's a guy. Here's a guy that we'll probably hear a lot more of next year. A lot of people said that Kerry King is up there when it comes to speed on this roster. And with Keith Mitchell being gone, he could be up there. But do you like 17? Dwayne Harris's name is 17. (laughs) Dwayne 17 Harris. 17 Harris. I don't think Ruffin McNeil knew his name. I think he always just, you know, 17. 17. Uh, Should we do more when it comes to honoring numbers? Because now you can't honor Jeff Blake because of Keaton Mitchell, like with the numbers anyway. Uh, Do we kind of miss the boat on that, LRB, or are you okay with just passing numbers along to everybody? Um, I don't know. I mean, the one thing that bothers me the most about college football is that when when people wear – like there's two twelves. Like someone there was there was another Holt that Naylor. bothers you. It bothers a lot me. of people. Kept thinking that Holt Naylor's was our punter this year. <laughs> a lot of people thought that why is Holton punting? Hey Troy, who are these people? I don't you're think talking I, to? I don't. That know. was a Troy D right there. Yeah, that was a lot of people. A lot of people you talk to say that Troy. I've heard a lot of people. <laughs> people commented on like our Facebook posts during here's, like post game. Why is hunt, uh, Holton punting? Here's the reason I don't like it because I sit on. Uh, the side where East Carolina is. And I like to, one of the things I enjoy, I enjoy watching the teams when they come off the sidelines. And I like to find the players and be like, oh, Keaton Mitchell had a big play or such and such happened. Let, let me go see what they're talking about. Or, or coaches are coming over to talk to them or yell at them, this and that. So I, And so I lock in and I'm like, oh, there's 12. And then I'm like, well, dang it, that's not, you know, then I'm trying to figure out someone's hurt, you know, you're trying to follow. Then there's two fives, there's two seven. The first they, world there was two Zay, you know, there was Zay Jones and then there was another guy that wore number seven. And nobody, who was that guy? Does anybody even remember who the other seven was? Jordan Williams. Was that right? Maybe. The number one pick in the Canadian football draft. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know. Maybe. I, but there was like when Zay Jones was playing, there were there was two that that just kind of yeah. Well, the, the easy thing, yeah. Jordan Williams wore number seven. Shout out to me being a Chandler there. That was nice. Uh, you should well go to sports trivia tonight. One's on offense, one's on defense, Ellery. Like, that's an easy way to look at it. If you see a guy with a defensive team, number seven. Do we not have enough numbers? <laughs> I mean, do we? Are there not enough numbers? Like this year, one through ninety-nine. Can 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 we all just get a different number, people? CJ sure. CJ Johnson wore five Johnson. this year, and then Jairo Wilson also wore five. Yeah. So John Monroe says retiring numbers is stupid. That is stupid. All right, John. Relax. Now there is schools, and specifically in stupid NC- schools. Well, look, I, what I'm going to say is. Is that they honor their number? That's stupid. So you remember how it used to ECU baseball used to honor a player and be like, you were wearing number twenty three this yeah, year. Yeah. Like NC State does. Like they they choose a guy to wear. If you're going to talk about state, talk yes. like Gary Hunt. Nah. I, I mean, it's your call. By Either the way, don't talk he, about it or talk so at like state. Gary Hunt. What they do at state is <laughs> they honor Russell Wilson. They have a patch that says Russell Wilson on it, and they give a guy uh, the number sixteen. Went to Wisconsin. But, well, they actually do this. They actually have a guy that wears number 16, 
and he also wears a patch on his left shoulder that has Russell Wilson on it. There's a guy on defense that wears number nine, and that honors Mario Williams. So they have a, a patch on their jersey that says Mario Williams on it. The Russell Wilson. John's right. That's stupid. The Russell Wilson that went to NC State plays for the Broncos, and the one that went to Wisconsin, <laughs> he, played for he used Seattle. to play for Seattle. Won a Super Bowl? Yeah. Uh, Robert says, Ellerby, great meeting you at the Houston game. Sorry you weren't with Clip. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Who said that, Robert? That was Robert Skipper. Okay. He laughed out loud at you. He said, ha, 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tyler says, our first punt at BYU, some fans asked us if our quarterback was about to punt. See, that's great. It, it affects the other team. That's just some fans, not a lot of fans, Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> They were all talking to Chandler uh, this offseason. Our guy, uh, Randolph. Yes. Randolph's in the uh, chat. What's up, Randolph? Talked to him last week at Sports Trivia. He missed you, Chandler. But again, why wasn't Chandler there? He was working. Post-game ECU basketball. Did Rand- Randolph say Chandler wasn't there? Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Sorry you worked with Chandler. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> well, once again, I will not be at Trivia tonight. <sighs> the grind never stops with this guy man impressive someone's got to make the waffles (laughs) (laughs) oh dear all right so what was the gary hahn update smothered and covered gary hahn is back he's back baby did he get reinstated let's get out of tony don't take it from me take it from gary let's get out of tony tony what you got when are you uh coming back gary i'm coming back january 14th january 14th gary hahn will be back so uh i believe the state plays miami that game in mm-hmm. hoops so uh yeah gary hahn back good thing they're not playing utep yeah that could be awkward let's get out of el pat oh wait. <laughs> uh let's see lrb how are you feeling about east carolina with all the departures east carolina football yeah I feel good. I feel like Mike Houston is working, going to work the portal. He he's had some success with it. He's going to bring in guys like Jalen Johnson, Isaiah Winston. He's. I mean, it really. I mean, a lot. Let's be honest. A lot of the key. How do you feel about the defense for next year? I don't feel too great about anything right now. You don't feel terrible. We. I I didn't say that. I don't feel great. You we don't did, feel great. I, I'm a little nervous right now. I don't. We felt this way this time last year too, didn't I, we? Exactly. We did. We talked about it yesterday. But we didn't. at this point last year, we knew our quarterback was going to be back. True. You, you knew what you had at QB. That is a big reason for the, I don't know if it's concern, but just a lot of unknown. If you were betting Chandler's paycheck on six wins or more next year, mm. would you put it on Put that? it all down. Would you put there or would you go to five and under? Uh, we can get to six. Then what do you what do you what are you worried about then? Because uh, is that what we are, LB? We're just six and six, and let's go have a picnic. Well, if we can get the standard is six and six, you gotta rise to the standard. (laughs) Well, I mean, if we get to six, then we can maybe scratch out a couple more. True. Uh, If you feel, if you feel, if you feel, then you're right in the middle. I mean, you're not. If you if you're like, man, I don't know, man, we may win two games next year. All I said was I don't feel great, (laughs) and then you put this doom and gloom on me. You kind of got a dark cloud. You got black shirt on. I mean, you're just, and a black hat. But what yeah. does my shirt say? Ha 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 ha! <laughs> <laughs> no quarter. Ha 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 ha! So, what, what do you feel better about ECU versus UCF in basketball, Ugh. or or ECU football six plus wins next year? <laughs> 
Uh, ECU football six wins. Because you know why, Ellery? Do you know how many times UCF has beaten East Carolina in a row? I'm going to say basketball. I'm going to say eight. I don't know what the number is, but I did see your tweet. Uh, if I could say it, that say it, Chandler. The last time ECU basketball beat UCF was when Mike Houston was coaching the Citadel. It has been a while. Been a while. Fourteen in a row. Fourteen, seven years. 14. And I want to say East Carolina before this losing streak. That was the year ECU beat them three times in the regular season. They won here in Orlando and the conference tournament. And I think that conference tournament game was the last win we have over UCF. It has been that long. Wow. Man. This is the last time UCF probably come to Greenville for basketball, too. Correct. So this is, we got a notch a win. Did it in football. You know, I mean, unfortunately, this team set a precedence that they're kind of a road team in the conference this year. What's that? They're I was road, reading something. They're a road team in the conference this year. How about the women last night pulling off a road win at Memphis? All we can do as a basketball school is win road games now. Should we put the UCF logo at half court tonight? <laughs> <laughs> put Brandon Suggs. Hey, it's black and gold night at Minji's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's black and gold night. <laughs> Wear your black and gold. You are, hey. You're already taken care of. I'm ready. Just reverse your shirt. <laughs> I am ready to go. Yeah, we got to give these guys a road environment. Start uh, waving our arms when we shoot free throws. Let's cheer for Brandon Suggs tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the line, Brandon Suggs shooting two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever the free throws uh, we did last time at home didn't work, so let's make some noise when they shoot free throws tonight, folks. Absolutely. Let's hold up the uh, fat heads behind the, <laughs> get the band back there. We need a rocking environment. Start distracting. Uh, KC says, first game, Morgan called the kick returner, Jalen Johnson. It was Fleming. All right. Now the See? the numbers are I'm confusing you, the PA announcer. Um, Jack says, if you remember, Rob Cass had the same number as our punter, and it made the defense be on their toes. Ben Ryan was his name, I believe. <laughs> Good call, Chandler. Why don't just everybody wear 12? <laughs> uh, and... Kevin says, if you could feel better about next football season with the return of one departing player, who would it be? We already said that. Obviously, it would be Keaton Mitchell. I mean, there's no other answer. Who would be close to that? Who's number two? Is it CJ? Is it Jaira Wilson? Are we talking about guys just leaving early or portaling? Yeah, I think yeah. yeah. Either Porter or NFL draft. I mean, Holt Naylor's doesn't count because he doesn't have eligibility. I say it doesn't count. They don't have eligibility left. They 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 cannot play college football anymore. Noah Henderson, I guess, would be eligible to be on this list. Be on the list, but I don't. I don't think anybody's going to pick an offensive lineman. Uh, Who would you pick other than Keaton? I mean, right now, I'd say CJ. You're a Jira guy. Would you want Jira or CJ back, Chandler? If you could pick one. Um, I would go CJ. As much as a gyra guy, I am. You're not that much of a gyra guy. Yeah, but CJ, I don't know. CJ would be a big piece of the offense. Next uh, year. Offense. I mean, he could have a bigger. He would impact. be the guy. He could have a bigger impact. He could. He could make more score more touchdowns. If he was to stay next year, I think he could easily have a one hundred. He could have one hundred yards catching. 100 yards catch. Right, one, no, I hope so. 100 yards for uh, <laughs> 100 receptions, I should say. About 100 eight, receptions? Yes. That'd be about eight yards a game. I think he could have at least 100 receptions next year. 1,200 yards. 
at least 10 touchdowns. He had 10 touchdowns this year. Okay. We're getting into way hypotheticals that, here. It doesn't yeah, matter. There's no yeah. need to argue. Yeah. With what me. I'm saying is he would be the guy offensively. The guy. Who is the guy next year? Is the guy – the guy this year was Isaiah Winstead. Yes. Is the guy next year on Not the on current the, roster? No. No? I'm hoping we get another Isaiah Winstead type of deal. Hey, well, here's, hope in one hand. Here's my question. And I saw, and in the other. And I saw a tweet by Phil Steele saying he's done like 55 teams already. Like, this has got to jack his world up all up trying to do his magazine. Because it's a great magazine, and he has, like, all the rosters and everything in it. But, I mean, there's no way. He, he's he got to ex- wait till he hits the print button till like, after July now. It used to be, like, a staple of July 4th holiday, have a Phil Steele magazine, reading it that weekend. Look, I love Phil Steele. Best magazine. Nothing bad to say about the guy. But I, he's had it easy for a while, LRB. There's a lot of copy and pasting going on. Now he's going to have to earn it. He's going to actually have to work now. <laughs> no more cut and paste. He's been laid, kicked back on the couch, copy, paste. Not anymore, Phil. Nope. Uh, and to your point, I wonder if it does like push back the time of the mag. Because, you, I mean, he. I saw a tweet from him this past weekend. He's like getting to work on next year already. Oh, yeah. I just said he's done yeah. Team 55 already. But who's team 55 does he have to go back and like redo that like start from the beginning again after the after spring i mean i'm sure he's done team 55 but he's probably back on team 15 because jim right. harbaugh just let you know or something you know it's like dang it you know gotta gotta switch all his yeah. predictions around so l every time flies when you're having fun it does and it just flew it's like 40 bowls in 14 days thanks for uh hanging out i know you're here's a aj's trivia question for you the last time an sec team was not in the national championship game Mm. Um, who did Florida State beat? Was Florida State involved? No. Okay. Uh, help me out, Chandler. Um, Ohio State. So has this been in the playoff era? What was the question again? The last time, Clemson, the last time an SEC team has not been in the championship game. Clemson, Ohio State. They were meet. It was uh, Ohio State, Oregon. Oh wow. So in what like is that? 2015. Mariota. Mariota, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. The SEC has an amazing. If you go back and just scan the last since 2006, what the SEC has done in the championship game, either being there or winning it, it's just it's a, it's 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 next level stuff. Hey, I mean, it's been a lot of Bama, obviously, but it's been LSU, Auburn, Georgia, uh, Georgia. If you go back, Florida in the mid 2000s yeah so yeah it's been all the i'm glad to see it. we got a little david versus goliath here it is first cinderella can a cinderella win <laughs> when january madness the slipper still fits yep all right ellery thanks for hanging out see you next week good discussion we'll talk some hoops when we return here from east carolina head basketball coach mike schwartz he was asked about his interactions with brandon suggs before suggs left town for Orlando. You'll hear what he had to say about that and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Back with you after this. Don't even think about it. 
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Hemp Garden is your premium CBD retailer in Eastern North Carolina. Find yourself having anxiety or in need of extra sleep support? Well, Hemp Garden has a variety of Delta 8 and Delta 9 products that can assist with those issues. If you're unable to stop by the store, don't worry. Give them a call today at 413-6100 for a consultation, and they'll ship right to your door. Hemp Garden, located at 3040 South Evans Street in the Target Shopping Center in Greenville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, welcome back to Loser Central. Club Rock, Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt. All root for a bunch of losers in the NFL. Shirley, oh boy, we were in a great spot just a couple weeks ago. I remember saying Damn, it to you guys man. that we all are right there in the playoff mix. We were sniffing. We were. Uh, and now we can't smell. Uh, technically, you can't control your destiny because destiny is uncontrollable, but... To use the phrase, we controlled our own destiny. All we had to do was win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind. Yeah, and Chandler, uh, boy, I thought your Panthers were going to do it on Sunday. They were in a good spot. Yeah, I um, I was down at uh, at the beach uh, with my family. Down at the beach. beach club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was See, that I was a- singing a different song. Down at the beach. <laughs> That's where I want it. Is that the same That's song? That's the same song. It's just it's down, down at the beach did club. I miss down the at the beach club. I miss club. Down yeah. at the beach club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. My, my apologies. So I was down at the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was at this club. I was at this bar. I was at, at the this, club. At the club. I yeah, was at okay. this club watching the game. Were you eating a club? Huh? Huh? Were you what? eating a club? I do love a club sandwich. <clears throat> But no, I was not. But I was sitting there watching this game, and I felt so good. Panthers got up fourteen to nothing quick. Sam Darnold looked great. Defense was playing great. We've seen this before from Tom Brady this year, where their offense couldn't do anything. Panthers get up to twenty-one to ten. Sam Darnold finds Shy Smith in the end zone. Twenty-one to ten is the score. Charlie, remember Shy? Yes. And if I. Ever fall in love. Chandler, continue. Sorry. And I felt so good after that touchdown. I screamed. The 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 bartender right there, I actually scared her. She said, you scared the bleep out of me. I said, I'm sorry. I said, the Panthers just scored a huge touchdown to go up 21-10. to 10. I said, I'm feeling good. I'm sorry. Grab me another beer while you're at it. Hey, barkeep. Hey, barkeep. Keep them coming. Keep them coming this way. Panthers are going to win this <clears throat> one. <laughs> nope, I was wrong. Next thing you know... <laughs> Next thing you know, the the Buccaneers are up twenty four to thir- uh, twenty one. Then the next thing you know, it is thirty one twenty one, and the Panthers have no hope, and they have no hope at the playoffs, and their nose quit sniffing that day. Man, who knew they would be around this long though? All right, Shirley's Dolphins right now. Dolphin need some things to happen. They need the Patriots to lose to the Bills, and by the way, we're. <laughs> We haven't even finished week 17 yet because that Bills and Bengals game is still postponed at this moment, I believe. Yeah, so there's been no change in that. We're all kind of talking about this, and, and we obviously are hoping uh, for the best for DeMar Hamlin. But 
Well, there was some good news that came out today <clears throat> that they said he remains in critical condition. He remains in the ICU. However, um, some of the uh, progressions that they were hoping to see, they are seeing. So he is moving in a positive direction. So that's good news. So, but he's going to remain in ICU. Well, the Bills uh, are scheduled to play the Patriots. Uh, the Dolphins play the Jets, I believe. Is that right? Uh, I think so, yes. And the Jets are eliminated. The Steelers also in the mix in this thing in the uh, AFC. They I are just, not eliminated yet. That's what frustrates me. As bad as the Steelers have been all season long, they're still in the mix. As good as <clears throat> we have been, right? you know, we just – well, first of all, we just – we can't keep a quarterback healthy. I mean, that's just all there is to it. I mean, with the concussions with Tua, Tua Teddy breaks a finger or something. I don't know what Teddy's problem is. So now we're down to our third-string quarterback. We we just signed uh, former NC State quarterback Mike Glennon. Oh, the neck. Yeah, so we've we've signed him as Protect a backup. Protect neck. And so, you know, the thing is, is it, and I think the Dolphins have two problems. One, obviously the quarterback. Uh, you know, if Tua is healthy – Two is lethal, and I think that you know we have a better chance of making the playoffs with Tua uh, behind center. The second problem we have is that teams defensively have figured out how to play that mid, I'd say, 5 to 10 to 15-yard pass uh, that the Dolphins became so f- proficient at at the beginning of the season. I mean, teams weren't able to stop that. Now they've figured it out. And they are taking away that option, and that, you know, does not leave a whole lot of options for our offense right now. We can't get the ball to Tyreek Hill because he's really, really good at getting those 5-10 yard passes and then taking off. So I'm just really frustrated because we were such a bright spot throughout the whole season this is why i hate being a dolphins fan because they you know i try to remain cautiously optimistic but i know we're going to take it by week three this year we we were good we're good and then we dolphin and it breaks my heart well the third team in this loser trifecta is your commanders. <coughs> Sam Howell-led commanders. The Sam Howell-led commanders. And who cares about that? Unlike Ron Rivera, I know when we are still alive or mathematically eliminated. He had no clue heading into last week what the scenarios were. He also decided to start Carson Wentz at quarterback. And is he trying to lose his job? Is he pulling a George Costanza trying to get fired? Just uh, and th- I'm not a Johnny Come Lately Carson Wentz hater. I, I even found the tweet that uh, I typed right when I saw or heard the news. You might have told me about it, maybe, but it was no, 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 no. Right when Washington signed Carson Wentz, it was a disaster from the start. And I still cannot believe Ron Rivera started him in that game on Sunday. And I remember thinking, I remember seeing that he was starting, and I was like, "What?" And he said they needed a spark. He is the opposite of a spark. I don't know what that would be. That's what Ron Rivera said. Yeah, the team needed a spark from Carson Wentz. From Carson Wentz, and not Heineke, the hero. And look, I know Heineke's not that good either, but but he is the team rally around him. Uh, They. 
He throws the McLaurin. He throws the McLaurin. McLaurin didn't do anything on Sunday in a loss to the lowly Browns. I mean, just absolutely pathetic stuff. And uh, Ron will probably be back next year, but I'm fine. If uh, he's like the greatest man ever, but I oh, don't. He's the probably the most likable coach. Yeah, love him currently. But anybody that decides to start Carson Wentz in a must-win game, and the coach didn't know deserves to be unemployed it was a must-win game and know the playoff scenarios that was a little disheartening as well in the post game bring somebody, him. somebody said uh would you think about starting sam Howe if you're eliminated if the packers win uh you know this afternoon game and he said we can be eliminated <laughs> get out of here dude bring him back next year and then do what we did and fire him towards the end of the season luckily my 49ers are the hottest team in the nfl Oh, it looks like the week 18 schedule has been finalized. Why'd you roll your eyes, Chandler? Because all this, my team, this is my team. Who'd I say you, was going to be? You, I mean, you got a freaking hat. You got a freaking hat, uh, a 49ers hat, for God's sakes. They, uh, who'd I say was going to be in the Super Bowl from the NFC? <sighs> the 49ers. The 49ers. I called it. Yeah, the schedule's been finalized, Shirley. Well, no, they finalized uh, the Ravens Bengals kickoff time. Uh, because previously, um, the game was to kick off at 1 o'clock if the Bengals beat the Bills. If the Bills beat the Bengals Monday night, it would have been at 425. But because, you know, of what happened on Monday night, um, they they had to finalize that time. So, uh, Ravens, so what time is it? 1 o'clock. All right, 1 o'clock. It'll be Ravens-Bengals. Now, um, if the NF, they haven't, of course, they haven't, decided on what they're going to do about the bills bengals game as far as the standings go if they cancel the game the bengals win the afc north regardless of sunday's game uh against the ravens um because they only have four losses to the ravens six right and then if the bengals were to lose to the ravens on sunday and the league decides to alter the postseason game and finish the bills bengals game the bengals would need to win that game Hmm. to win the afc north yeah so still kind of up in the air right now depending on what happens with the uh, the remainder of the Bills and Bengals game from Monday night? How about Saturday night? <laughs> You've got the AFC South Championship between the Titans and the Jags. Does that excite you at all, Chandler? And Josh Dobbs is going to be the quarterback? Josh Dobbs. For the second straight week? Running uh, for the Titans there? Ah, man. I guess, I guess it kind of I mean, reminds I- me of my division. I watch it Both for Zay, but it, I yeah. don't find it a sexy matchup. I wonder if that place will be rolling on Saturday night in Jacksonville. Will the folks come out and see their Jaguars with a chance to host a playoff game? Uh, they might. With I the, mean, what else they got going on in Florida right now? With the potential Meth. of <laughs> with the potential of hosting a playoff game, I believe that they'll show up. And it's a and that's a rivalry. It's like. It, Jags and Titans are a big matchup when it comes to the AFC South. A rivalry. Yeah, a rivalry. How did I say that? It's a rivalry. A rivalry. It's a rivalry. A rivalry. Do you have trouble saying that word? Is that what it is? The word R U R A L. Oh, no. I can't. Yeah, I can't say that word. Rural. I can't. It comes out rural. So I say outside city limits. Say you're from the rural part of Arroyo. Now what am I trying to say? Aurora. Aurora. Yeah. 
I can say Aurora, but I cannot Aurora. say rural. Rural. <laughs> like, so I rural. have to really try hard to say it, so I just say outside city limits. Rural rivalry. From the, from the uh, less populated areas of <laughs> Big County. <laughs> Here's what we will do. We'll take a break, come back, and then hear from Mike Schwartz, East Carolina, UCF tonight, Menji's Coliseum, big ball game the pirates sucked me right back in i was super excited last wednesday night to get to one and oh in conference play the pirates missed 15 free throws the referees made me pull my hair out and i was like all right i'm emotionally done for the year and then they go out and win a road game at wichita state and i'm right back jacked up again and ready to go for tonight East Carolina UCF. We played Guess the Line yesterday. I'll tell you who was closest when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ says daily food and drink specials, and they have an awesome patio, perfect for outdoor dining on a mild night like this. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia every Wednesday with our very own Clip Rock. AJ says live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch on every Sunday. Make today and AJ's day. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Do some late night trivia tonight following ECU UCF basketball in Menjis. We'll start around 9.30 or so and go an hour or so. so. That's late. Come on out, hang out for an hour, have some fun, maybe a post-game celebration. Or says this old fart. Come drown your sorrows. Um, real quick, I think I've got. So I got this uh, that I'm not putting on trivia tonight. That I can ask uh, to Shirley and Chandler. Oh boy. Um, the uh, barstool personality, Coach Dugs, who is just a guy who happens to look like a fake coach, Big Cat created in a video game, and he got a job with Barstool. What a world we live in. Uh, he said football teams that wear the Jumpman logo on their uniforms went 0-5 in bowl games. Can you name those five teams? Michigan. One. Jordan. Or Jordan. Uh, <laughs> North Carolina, I mean. Two. Um, that, w- uh, that went 0-5 in bowl games. Yep. Okay. Uh, that wear Jumpman. Jumpman, Jumpman, jump- Oklahoma. Three. Chandler's on fire. Oregon. No. Oh, I well, well that that was man, that man. was my connection there, but cuz that was a guess. One on the East Coast, one on the West Coast. It's not No, it's not Florida State, is it? No. Is it Florida? Florida is 4. Okay. Um See, this is why I suck at these games. And then West Coast. Um USC? No. Am I close? Yeah. UCLA? Yeah. I got all five! All five. <laughs> Woohoo! 
I hate this game. Chandler, or uh, Shirley, might as well extend your losing streak <laughs> and mine as well. Uh, and That's fine. I'm going to go play music bingo next weekend. So <laughs> I'll rock that one. Shout out to John Monroe, a very uh, in tune. Very in tune. Very in tune with what we do. <laughs> John says, uh, before the break, I said, I'll reveal the results of Guess the Line from yesterday. John says, you were not the closest, Sir Clipper Brock. It was Doth Sir Chanman. John's a bit of a weirdo, but he is right. Because I said three and a half. Shirley, who did not hear me say that, also said three and a half. Chandler, you said five. Five is your lucky number today. Uh, The line is UCF minus six. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Dude, you better it. go get a Mega Millions ticket. You're feeling it right now. Feeling it. My friend. Feeling hot. My friend. Uh, so, East Carolina, six-point dogs at home tonight. They won outright as a seven-point dog on Saturday. They lost as a home favorite last Wednesday. So, UCF uh, deserves that line. They have been uh, – good this year and have played some tough competition as well and one thing they do is play defense they hang their hat there and mike schwartz six surely was asked what ucf does well defensively well, i mean they're just like wichita state they're one of the best defensive teams in the conference i mean they're right up there with houston and wichita state i mean they give up 60 points a game they guard the three-point line they're big they're physical they got big guards they keep you out of the paint they can mix it up with the zone press back to man a zone press back to zone defense a lot like wichita state did and they can block shots they're averaging four you know block shots per game uh you know players that are playing at the guard position can go you know give your guards a hard time at the rim so they got good size they rebound the basketball well anytime you're really good defensive rebounding team it elevates your defense so we, we know what kind of challenge it's going to be for us to be effective on offense pirates going to need uh to find some offense tonight could it come from winston tabs johnny on facebook says i'm interested to see how tabs does tonight coming off a productive game he had a great effort against uta and then only played 37 minutes over the following eight games there's johnny's stat of the day and Johnny wants to see Winston Tabs, who did have a uh, solid output uh, against Wichita State. Uh, the Pirates are outsized quite a bit, outmanned uh, in the front court, but won the rebound battle against Wichita State. And Brandon Johnson and others have uh, done a good job rebounding. Mike Schwartz talked about effort and hustle when it comes to rebounding. Yeah, I think so. And we talk about it. We've talked about it with our guys. We talk. I've spoken about it with the media before that we know this, that we are outsized a lot of time in terms of whether it be depth in the front court or just sheer size. Um, number two, we do make a huge emphasis on it every day in practice, both offensive and defensive rebounding. If you look at our defensive rebounding numbers over the last few games, I mean, Brandon obviously is standing out and so proud of what he's doing as a defensive rebounder, and he's taking great pride in it. But a big thing for us is our guards rebounding. I mean, when Jaden Walker and Javon Small and R.J. Felton can all go rebound the basketball, that's it. we need it. It's it's a big deal for us. And then, you know, Luigi came in the game and gave us some good physical minutes when he came in rebounding the ball, but it's something we have to work on every day i think all teams do it but we have to really emphasize it uh because maybe we don't have like you said quite the size up front mike schwartz was asked if he had any interactions with brandon suggs before suggs decided to take the sug boat down to orlando 
Yeah, I got a chance to meet Brandon at a team meeting, and I got a chance to uh, be around him one practice. Seems like a wonderful kid, you know, but I only got a chance to coach him for one practice and meet him that one time. So I know he's playing well. Their team is playing well. They're one of the best teams in the conference. So you know he'll be excited to come back. It's an American Conference game back where he played. So, uh, you know, that'll be, a, you know, he's a really good player. I said yesterday if Brandon Suggs was, was starting and his name was announced, I'd give him a golf clap. He doesn't start, but he's going to come off the bench in the first half. So when Morgan Ayler says, no, I'll come in to the game for UCF, Brandon Suggs, the game's going on at that point. I think I'm, I think I might just go three claps. I think that's what I'm going to do. What are you going to do, Chandler? Uh, I won't be able to show any sort of, if I have my media. Don't mad. Don't be dumb. You you watch the game with us and cheer if you're sitting in the stands. If I'm down there getting video and stuff, because I plan on getting okay, video. Well, all right, fine. No, I can't. All right, now you're sitting beside me at the time he comes in. Golf clap. Why you got to be so difficult? Well, I mean, I'm just being. I'm being literal. I'm being realistic. All right. I'm being real with you. Golf I'm, clap. I'm being real with you. By the way. Do you think there'll be a, any? I'm not saying the whole crowd stands up, but do you think there'll be some people that stand up and cheer and give them some sort of ovation? I mean, if anybody would do that, it would be me, right? <laughs> I don't think. I don't know if I don't think we'll get a. I don't know. Somebody probably will, but I don't see a lot. Or like of, a section, one suck, single section. Suck. I don't think uh, he may have warranted a standing O from the Menjis crowd for leaving for a, a conference rival. But um, I like the guy, so I'm going to give him a, a little pitter-pat clap. Uh, Mike Schwartz, your first impression of the American coming over from Tennessee. Yeah, without a doubt about I mean, uh, Temple. I uh, play Temple in here and then go to Wichita State. When I was at Tulsa, you know, I had a familiarity with this conference and played at Temple and, and played against them. And Wichita State, we played. They weren't in the American at the time. They were still in the Missouri Valley. But we had a series with them, and they had Fred Van Fleet, and they had Ron Baker, and they had a really good team. So point is that going into coming into this season, I knew what kind of conference this was. And, you know, we haven't even talked about a team like Houston, which obviously everybody is chasing. Everyone is trying to emulate their success or Memphis. And it, it, the list goes on. We could start talking about all the teams. So first two games between Temple and Wichita State, two story programs, two great coaches. And we're fortunate that we were able to get one of those uh, in terms of a win. All right, there is the coach of the Pirates, Mike Schwartz. Uh, Tyler says, Chandler is too hardworking to have time to clap. I mean, he's got a point there. You don't have – I mean, I'm, I'm There not, ain't enough hours in the day. I, look, people are like, oh, Brandon Suggs is back. I'm not I'm not worried about that. I don't – I'm, I'm going to be frank. I can give a rat's you-know-what about it. I'm I'm too busy. I'm, I'm, I'm already focused about tonight and what I'm going to get. But if you're going to be content. frank, you Excuse can me, Shirley. Excuse me. I'm going to be worried about what kind of shots I'm going to get for, for social media purposes and, st- and stuff like that. So you're not going to get a shot of Brandon Suggs returning to Minji's and post it? I am. That's literally what I was just talking about. It's thinking about I'm going to get him warming up. I'm going to get him going back into the game. Well, it sounds like you game. care about him being here a lot then. No, I'm not for worried about For your job I, no, purposes. No, for my job purposes, yes. But I'm not worried about am I going to clap for him or not. Okay, this I is- can give a rat's <laughs> you know what about it. I can care less. 
This, this whole, I am I am a working guy. This, this, I'm a blue collar guy. <laughs> okay, I'm not worried about. Oh, there's a guy that used to play here that's back. Oh, am I we going to clap for him? Nah, man. I am all work. I am for real, son. This uh, I'm blue collar, son. Yeah, son. You call me son? Yeah, I did, son. This whole bit I'm doing about saying you work a lot <laughs> is really going to your head. Yeah. And, and now you're taking it to a new level. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Brad says, I'll clap with you tonight, Clipper. That's all That's all I'm doing. Just a one, two, three. Uh, Irving says, Suggs should get the sarcastic slow clap when he hits the floor. A subtle, good-natured razzing. Yeah, I'm wondering if... Uh, and what kind of crowd are we going to have tonight? Or the, the students aren't back, right? So They're still not back? When uh, These kids these days, man. I mean, I, I remember back in my day, we yeah. were back after Christmas. I remember going to school on Christmas Day. Yeah. Back when I went to school. I took a test on Christmas one time. That's right. Santa Claus passed out the test. Yeah, he did. He graded it he, right there. He said he called me a hoe <laughs> three times. He said, ho, ho, ho. Wow. I said, this is inappropriate. I want to go home. It's Christmas. Did this that boy's one, crying did over that here. Did that tickle you, Chandler? Yeah, that was good. That he called you a ho. Three ho, times. Ho. Three straight times to my face. <laughs> right there in the middle of school. It was brutal. Yeah. Let's take a break. We'll come back when, oh, well, Johnny's got more stats. Johnny, what do you got? Let's get at let's Johnny. Johnny was a stat, man. <laughs> let's get out of Johnny. Johnny stats to consider. The Pirates bench averaged 22.7 points per game over the first nine games. In the last six games, the bench has averaged 11.2 points per game. Thanks, Johnny. Johnny, you're amazing, man. <laughs> Johnny, that's a. Well, I guess what that tells me is, first of all, the substitution numbers are down. There's not as many opportunities for the bench to score. But, uh,. Good stat nonetheless, Johnny. You're the stat guy. All right. When we return, we'll talk to Mr. 1000, Mr. 1K. Jeff Charles will call his 1000th basketball game at East Carolina tonight when the Pirates take on the Knights. And we'll hear from the voice after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency. From maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk, Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All righty. Let's welcome on the legendary play-by-play voice of the ECU Pirates, Jeff Charles, calling uh, basketball game number 1000. Tonight we'll talk about that. Big one, East Carolina, UCF. Also got some bowl action to talk about as well so a lot to discuss with the voice as he joins us on the pit electric live line jeff how you doing today clip i'm doing great just getting ready for the broadcast tonight and the pirates and ucf coming off that big win ecu is over wichita of course over the weekend it was 
really a terrific win, 79-69, first time the Pirates have ever beaten the Shockers. And a lot of guys played well, a lot of heroes in that game. The stats at the end of the game were very impressive. So the guys should have confidence and a lot of momentum going into this game tonight. Looking forward to it. Should be a fun one inside Minji's Coliseum. And, Jeff, a milestone game for you. Uh, Mr. 1000 saw this uh, this number this week. and uh, So this will be your 1,000th basketball game. Is that right? That is correct. Wow. 1,000 basketball broadcasts at ECU, so we are celebrating the basketball broadcast tonight. Now, if you add up the football broadcast into that, it's I haven't really put a pencil to it, Cliff, but I think it's around 420, something like that, football broadcast, and then I did baseball for a number of years as well, so it's kind of scary to start putting a pencil to <laughs> games over 35 years, but uh, this will be basketball broadcast number 1,000 tonight. It started back in 1988. It was November 26th. 1988 was my first game, and that was East Carolina versus North Carolina Wesleyan. And the Pirates won that game 91-65, to and here we are now 35 years later. That is incredible, Jeff, uh, an amazing accomplishment. And I've uh, I've listened to hundreds of those broadcasts over the years, uh, especially, Jeff, before a time where every game's on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, a lot of times you and – uh, Sai at the time, and uh, now Coach Perry were the only ways to uh, pick up these games. Uh, even conference tournament games, I remember, in uh, in Conference USA, and uh, you saw some on, I guess, home team sports back in the day in the CAA. But man, for a lot of those, you were the only way to uh, find out what was going on with Pirate Hoops. Well, that's true, Clip. Uh, that was uh, that was the way it was then, and the Pirates very rarely were on television back in those days, and. They go back even before that to the CAA days, and every once in a while the Pirates would get a game on the old home team sports, and usually that was only one or two a year. Uh, Then we started our own television network with uh, Channel 9 and then to Channel 7 uh, back in those days, back in in the 90s, and we would do two or three football games and then usually three or four basketball games, and then that was it. That's the only time you ever saw East Carolina on the tube unless... ECU got a rare ESPN game in the 90s, and those didn't happen very often. But, yeah, that's exactly right, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun in those days, just like it's a lot of fun these days. We're such a mobile society that so many folks listen to the radio, listen to the games when they're out and about, as you know, and their cars are traveling or around the house or wherever they may be, and a lot of things uh, going on in people's lives today, so... It's always, I say, a good multitasking type thing to listen to the games on the radio. And it's been a privilege for me, Clip, to be able to broadcast East Carolina basketball and football games all of these years. There are only so many Division One college athletic programs in the country. And when you do have the opportunity and the privilege to be the voice of a, of a university at the Division One level, it's really special. Jeff Charles joining us. Jeff, uh, did, were you told of this uh, 1,000th game? Are you... Did you keep up with the numbers? That's a lot of games to keep up with. So how did you uh, narrow it down to 1,000 here tonight? Well, that's a really good question, Cliff. And uh, I guess I was really bored one day this <laughs> summer when I was in Michigan. And I said, well, let's go ahead and put a pencil to it. Yeah. Because you can do the math uh, going into my 35th year, and you do about 30 games a year. So you can see where you are numbers-wise with that. And I got to thinking about it now. 
there were a lot of games. I, I say a lot, really not a lot, but quite a few games that I have not broadcast in the last 35 years for, for various reasons. And one of them is, of course, the overlap. Uh, this year I was fortunate in that there was only one game, basketball game, that I could not broadcast because of a conflict with football. But, you know, most years it's at least two, three, maybe even four or five games that I did not do because we were we were with football. But this year that was different. That I missed uh, some games uh, during my health journey as well. Yeah. Uh, so, and then I think I've missed you know two or three games with just being sick. Uh, so you put a pencil to all of it, and tonight is number one thousand. Man, and uh, it's been uh, it's been quite a run for sure. Well, you mentioned it a moment ago. Uh, game number nine ninety nine was a memorable one, and and we could ask you about your. Your favorite calls, and we've talked about that in the past, but as far as AAC wins go for ECU basketball, that game on Saturday, that's a top 10, top 5 win since they've been in this league. I think, Jeff, just going on the road, 7-point underdogs, a team they haven't beat, a place they haven't won, and to win that game by 10, you, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but uh, really impressive what Mike Schwartz's team was able to do on Saturday. Well, no doubt about that, Clip, and uh, take nothing away from the Pirates' effort. Wichita State is not quite the Wichita State we remember when they were really at the top of the league and they were going to the Final Four, but they're still a very good team, and they're still a very, very difficult team to beat in their building. They just don't lose. And when uh, I look back at the game, and we talked about this on the air on Saturday, what we saw was something we very rarely see in that building, uh, Wichita State came out on a 10-0 run to start the second half, went up by eight points. And even though it was not a capacity crowd, they had a, an outstanding crowd. And they sit right on top of you there, and they're very enthusiastic. It's the loudest crowd, I think, in the league. And usually when that happens, uh, the crowd gets behind them. They get on a run. All of a sudden, uh, they're up by eight in the second half early, and you're sitting there going, uh-oh, here we go again. And then the media timeout came, and we were sitting right beside the bench, and Coach Schwartz did, I thought, a terrific job of just calming the guys down. I think they had a little bit of a deer-in-the-headlights look those first three or four minutes of the second half, and you knew Wichita was going to make a run because they're a good team, and that's what good teams do. But, uh, again, I go back to I think the coach did a really good job. It seemed like they just regained their composure following that timeout, and they went back out, and they played very well, very confidently. And there was no doubt on the floor this past Saturday who the best basketball team was, and that was ECU. And we've not been able to say that, as you know, since these two teams have been competing in the American. But the guys really played well. Uh, this is a well-oiled machine. It really is. This is a very well-coached basketball team, and Coach Schwartz is getting the most out of his talent. And uh, the guys are playing really well right now, so I'm really looking forward to see what they can do against UCF tonight. And, Cliff, you know this as well as anybody. The Pirates have had a hard time beating UCF. UCF <laughs> won 14 in a row in this series. Man. And Johnny Dawkins, the head coach at UCF, has never lost to the Pirates. He's 12-0, and so needless to say, ECO is in one or two. Well, he snapped a streak on Saturday, and uh, time to snap another one tonight as UCF comes to town. And It'll be the return of Brandon Suggs. I was a big Brandon Suggs fan when he was here at East Carolina. Michael Perry uh, joined us yesterday, said he was a, a glue guy here for this ECU team. And I did find it interesting, Jeff, you were talking to Javon Small the other night on the coaches show, and 
Javon said this is an important game for him and the guys that were here last year playing against um, a former teammate that's no longer here. And Javon didn't mention his name. You brought up the name Brandon Suggs. But I just found that kind of interesting that, yeah, they got this one circled. They, they certainly want to beat their old teammate tonight when uh, they take him on. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think Brandon probably wants to come in here and, you know, beat the Pirates. I don't think there's any doubt. If you're a competitor, that's the way you feel. And Brandon's having a, a nice year. He's not starting. He started earlier in the year. He's now coming off the bench, but he's getting seven points and three and a half rebounds, and he's a very good on-the-ball defender. Last year at ECU, he got 10 points and four rebounds in 25 minutes. And so Brandon's kind of settling into a role at UCF, and uh, this is a UCF team that's that's very good. You know, you go to Houston and you only lose by six points to the number three team in the country over the weekend. You know how good they are, and I'm really looking forward to seeing their freshman play tonight. Clip Taylor Hendricks, a four-star recruit out of Fort Lauderdale. He's 6'9", 215 pounds, and he can do a little bit of everything. He's an outstanding player that we haven't seen Yet up close and personal, but he's getting 15 points and seven rebounds, shooting 41% from three. He has 23 block shots to lead them in that category. And five times this year he's been the AAC Rookie of the Week. So this guy's a real player, and the Pirates are going to have to be ready to defend him tonight. Should be a good one. Uh, head on out there and watch it uh, live at Minji's Coliseum. Jeff Charles will be on the call along with Michael Perry, Pirate Hoops, as they try to get to 2-1 and one in conference play, coming off a big win over Wichita State. Uh, Jeff, since we've last talked, East Carolina has won a bowl game, winning the Birmingham Bowl, and we've seen a lot of Pirates uh, hit the exit door for a number of different reasons, including Keaton Mitchell, uh, and most recently, C.J. Johnson announcing that they'll uh, forego their remainder uh, here at East Carolina and attempt to uh, make it to the NFL. We uh, we saw C.J. Johnson make that announcement last night. So you add that in with Holt Nailers and Isaiah Winstead and you know guys on the defensive side, Miles Berry, Xavier Smith, uh, Gerard Stringer, Jaira Wilson uh, announcing he's going to enter the transfer portal i mean mike houston's going to be here jeff the the jerseys will be purple and gold but man it's going to look a lot different next year uh, with this ecu football team yeah it really is clip and uh i was looking at this the other day for the two deep in the bowl game which of course was just a few days ago the linebacking core in that two deep those six guys they're all gone yeah for a variety of reasons so you've got an entire linebacking core that needs to be replaced and then the offensive line, we called them the Iron Five this year because there wasn't a whole lot of depth up front. Well, three of those five starters are also gone, again, for various reasons. And then, of course, uh, the Keaton Mitchell news we got a couple of days ago. CJ, as you mentioned last night, Holton Miller's, of course, graduating and moving on in his life. And yeah. I'll tell you what, that's just the way it is these days in, in college football. It certainly hit the Pirates hard, but, you know, some of these schools across the country have gotten at least 20 guys leaving, going into the transfer portal. There are a number of schools that have lost 20-plus guys in the transfer portal. So it's crazy. It, it really is. I mean, we used to see this in basketball, for instance, tonight. UCF has a player. This is his fourth stop at UCF, and, Michael Perry and I talk about this on the broadcast all the time, and every every time the Pirates play, there's always like three or four guys uh, on every team that have been two or three or 
like tonight, four stops. So every year is a new year. UCF has eight transfers on their team coming in here this evening. So sometimes I wonder, I shake my head, Cliff. I don't know if this is sustainable or not, and I don't know how these coaches are going to do it moving forward. But it's just like 24-7, 365 days a year. Now you are recruiting just to keep guys in your program. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, a new day for sure. And I, I said this week, you almost have to retrain your brain to, to think about you know everything from a foundational standpoint with Mike Houston and the staff and what he's built, back-to-back winning seasons. All that is great, but you still got to have players in those jerseys. And, uh, again, it's just going to look a lot different this year, but I have confidence that, that Mike Houston and uh, company will find the right pieces and put a good product on the field. Uh, another announcement made, Jeff, and uh, you've been around a long time. Steve Shankweiler uh, has been around a long, long time, not retiring, but uh, changing his position on the team will no longer be the offensive line coach and it was a, a nice little uh, short video from after the Birmingham Bowl of uh, Coach Shank getting a game ball and uh, Mike Houston made the announcement to everybody and, and including the players and uh, Coach Shank, uh, Jeff, you, you've been around uh, to see him leave and come back and leave and come back and uh, the good news is he will remain a part of this East Carolina football program. Yeah, no doubt about that, Clip, because he's been a big part of it, and I've known Shank uh, since 1988. When I got here, Shank was on Art Baker's staff. And so we do go back uh, my entire tenure here, and I think Shank has been in and out of the program on four different occasions. I think he has 19 years of service at ECU, and he's just an outstanding offensive line coach and a really, really good guy. I consider him a friend. And after the Temple game, uh, at Philadelphia a few weeks ago, right after Thanksgiving, just happened to be that he and I were walking out at the same time, and we stood at the bus waiting for everybody else to get on for about 10 minutes, and, and we started to talk. And he, uh, I thought at that time, was kind of on the fence. I thought, well, maybe Shank won't come back. But then I was like, well, yeah, maybe he'll come back for another year or two. Uh, so I think that decision that he made was, you know, after that at some point, sometime uh, in December. And so we wish him the best, and it's great that he's going to be around, and especially now, Cliff, with everything we're talking about here, with how important recruiting is going to be now, and he's going to be involved in high school relations, and he's been in this state for all these years, and he's a Davidson graduate, so he knows a lot of people in the state of North Carolina, and they have put him in this new role where I think he can be a terrific asset to this football program. So really good that Shank is uh, is going to stick around. Uh, he and Patty are really good people, and of course his son Court played here. And Shankweilers are all about pirate football, and it's just good that they're going to still be in Greenville here in the future. Jeff, one more college football game to go. TCU, not necessarily a little guy, but in the terms of college football and what we've seen with these powers winning championships, they are a thirteen point hundred dog to georgia they were an underdog to michigan got it done there and we'll try to do it one more time and uh, really again it's hard to call big 12 tcu and all the money they have uh uh david but it it is a david versus goliath style matchup here really for the first time ever i think in the uh, college football playoff championship yeah i think so too clip and i think that's what makes it interesting and my goodness tcu has had just an incredible season i love their quarterback and it was not that many years ago that ECU was competing against TCU as 
you and I both know, but once they got that break and they got in to the Big 12, I've not been inside the football stadium, Amon Carter, since they renovated it, but we have been there for basketball, and we have been around the campus there and have seen it from the outside, and it just shows you what that Big 12 money can do. I mean, that place is a showplace now, and it's just totally different than it was when East Carolina was going in there and, and playing TCU. So they got the opportunity to go into the Big 12, and they've certainly done a really good job uh, taking advantage of that. And look where their program is these days. And I think a lot of people in this country, as we know, love to pull for the underdog. And I think they'll have uh, a lot of those folks on their side in this matchup with Georgia. Garrett Riley involved in that game is brother Lincoln Riley. Great season at USC, but how about the Green Wave? We'll talk to Corey Glore coming up on Thursday show, Jeff, as he was able to call a Cotton Bowl victory for the 12-2 and two Tulane Green Wave. Just crazy to, to say those sentences back-to-back after a uh, two-win season the previous year and, and just knowing Tulane football. And, Jeff, you've called games uh, in an empty Superdome and seen them, you know, at their lowest. And here they are right now at their highest, I guess, uh, comparable to the 1998 season when they went undefeated. Yeah, exactly. Just uh, so happy for Tulane. Uh, I've always felt that Willie Fritz is just a terrific coach. I said that from day one. I thought he was a home run hire at Tulane clip, and he has certainly done a a wonderful job. And they were decimated with injuries last year. That's a big reason they only won two games. And, you know, things like that happen. You get derailed sometimes. But there was never any doubt that he was the guy for that job. And he's just done a remarkable job with that football team. And, you know, Tulane's not the easiest place to recruit to. And, their academic standards, they have a hard time getting junior college guys in school there. They will sprinkle one or two in every now and then, but hats off to them. They've done a, a great job, and and the basketball hire a few years ago I thought was a home run hire, too, with Ron Hunter, and you can see where they are in basketball. So these days, uh, Corey Glore is, is riding that wave, if you will, with the green wave. He went down there at the right time. I'm happy for Corey a young play-by-play broadcaster because he's had a chance now to soak in some of this winning at Tulane, and that's been a tough place to win. Jeff Charles joining us, Mr. 1000, calling his 1,000th career uh, ECU basketball game tonight. And, uh, Jeff, they they need to go ahead and get the statue up soon uh, of the voice holding a microphone. (laughs) we got to get that done. Uh, but man, uh, just uh, so neat to, to be able to talk to you here on pirate radio live. One of my, uh, broadcasting heroes, Jeff, you know that, and, uh, awesome to, to just talk sports with you. And I uh, can't wait to see out of Minji's Coliseum tonight for 1000. Well, I look forward to seeing you too, Cliff. And, uh, just a big thank you to the pirate nation for their great support over the years. You know, at the end of the day, uh, you have bosses in this business you have to answer to, but, but really, it's about the fan base and whether they accept you or not. And I've been so grateful to have the fan base accept me since we came here in 1988. And nothing would make me happier than to paint it purple tonight with a victory over UCF. That'd be awesome. Let's snap that streak and uh, and start one of our own. Jeff Charles joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. Jeff, have a great call. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, Cliff. Thank you so much. The voice, Jeff Charles, ahead of basketball game number 1,000 for him tonight in Menji's Coliseum. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Patrick Mason in the green room. We will discuss his trip to the ham. 
will uh, tie a bow on the 2022 ECU football season. Look ahead to 23, talk some hoops as well. A lot more to go on Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this. listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Both locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93 ethanol-free high-octane gas. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. And now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. Hour two, Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday basketball night in Greenville, North Carolina, East Carolina, and UCF tonight. We'll talk some hoops and some football now with Patrick Mason, who joins us here in the Pirate Radio studios. Hello, Patrick. Hey, how's it going? Welcome back from the ham. Yeah, that's right. Man, I uh, got to tell you, that mustache gives you, uh, adds something to the, the look here. So, mustache March is coming up, Patrick. You got a beard going. Are you going to go stash only in March? I can I can certainly try. It's, it's not as full as I'd like, but yeah. I'll, I'll it, never it, is. Yeah. it never is. It never is. Real quick, the sidetrack, um, Chandler, we would put this out, that Jaquan McMillan uh, has been promoted to the active roster for the Denver Broncos. That's awesome. And I saw Steve Ellis uh, tweeted out, it's a great day to be a pirate with a pirate flag emoji and a shark emoji and if you could just for a minute i, I would love to hear you coach well, well when you think about the dbs here on a shark right you never see a catfish and a shark in the same fish tank but you think about jaquan mcmillan you think about other guys like that you think about a malik fleming but mostly the, the jaquan sh- mcmillan right? but, but jaquan mcmillan he, he's a shark and he's going to carry that shark mentality into the nfl <laughs> jaquan mcmillan ja- you think of a guy like jaquan mcmillan <laughs> he's a shark he's a shark thank you chandler Ooh, you don't see a shark and a catfish in the same tank do you that's right i just hope he doesn't get canceled like the rest of your impressions but I gary mean, hahn's back he's back baby gary hahn is back john gruden still waiting on his next uh gig hadn't heard from chucky in a while all right patrick tell What's me about up? birmingham it was it was fun it was it was an interesting spot i wasn't sure what to expect but um there was a lot of a lot of ecu fans which was pretty cool to see way more than coastal it's kind of it was lopsided um, but it was a really good turnout. I mean, I've been on the road with this team, you know, all season, and it was it seemed similar. Like it was, it was a good turnout. People went out and cared about this game. So. Yeah, they cared. Uh, looked like the players cared as well, yeah. and uh, the offense certainly cared. Uh, putting up all those points. One kind of we talked about this earlier too. It was a, a swan song for Holden Naylor's Isaiah Winstead with a couple of touchdowns. C.J. Johnson, who announced he's 
headed pro um with a, a big game as well keaton mitchell of course but did see very very small glimpses but flashes of brock spalding with a catch uh taji hudson had a catch and so you you see maybe um a glimpse of the future but man it's it's gonna look totally different next year with all these guys uh moving out the door yeah it's it's gonna look incredibly different like i, I think we we kind of knew part of it was gonna you know coming next year's gonna look a little different new quarterback but then you know in the past couple of days it's like holy smokes we gotta like retool everything you know like all the the receiving room's got to be rebuilt. I mean, what, a tight end's gone. Keaton Mitchell's gone. Yep. Holt Naylor's gone. On um, the defensive side, a couple linebackers, a couple DBs. Like, it's it's all over the place. So we're going we're gonna to have to, you know, figure this out. I mean, Mike Houston's really got his work cut out for him. And how do you go about figuring out? Well, you can attack the transfer portal, which the Pirates have time to do. They got some late additions uh, last season, including Isaiah Winstead, right? So yeah. it can be done. It, it has to be done. Uh, because the Pirates are certainly not done uh, putting together their roster for 2023 uh, as of this moment. Yeah, they they certainly can't be done. Um, there's you know definitely some holdovers, but it's so weird because it, this whole year just felt like this climb, right? Like this climb out of you know just some bad football, honestly. And you know it's great back to back years of the bowl. You know we're feeling good about ourselves, and now you look at the roster and go, now we got to do this again. Yeah, probably you're right. same expectations, but with you know a whole new team. This kind of felt like yeah the year, like the culmination. Uh huh. And it's seven and five ends up being eight and five. Not a bad year by any means. No, but not at all. Eight and five is a good season, but like you know what's the the ceiling for next year? I mean you got a, a new quarterback. We talked about all these new players, so. It is a challenge, and this is not ECU's not in this position by themselves. That's the good news. Everybody's yeah. <laughs> going through this stuff right now. That's right. With the way the transfer portal is, I mean, everyone's jumping ship. Everyone's looking to you know play some musical chairs here. And like you said, I mean, that's, that's the thing about the portal. You're gonna there's gonna be some guys who follow you. There's gonna be guys you target and land. And yeah, I mean, that's you can rebuild quickly. You can look at the portal and say, hey, here's a a proven talent, you know, at this level, and we can go get them um, versus, you know, trying to develop some guys who you don't know how long it's going to take. So at least with the portal, there's kind of a, a quick Band-Aid kind of answer, and that's how they're going to have to fill some of these spots, I imagine. And Tulane is not going to be some power year in, year out. I mean, it wouldn't shock me next year if they win eight games, seven games. Oh, for sure. Uh, they just went from two wins to uh 12 but just looking at what they did last year losing to southern miss they won in overtime against houston handled ecu uh pretty well uh won by seven against ucf i mean they had some games one by three against cincinnati could have gone either way could have been you know an eight win team or whatever uh but credit to them for what they were able to do knocking off usc i just don't believe that tulane is going to be this household name for years to come now yeah that's a one and done almost right yeah that, that's totally fair they're not going to be this this juggernaut i don't think just sitting out there like that like they, they had a good year like you said i mean they also won some close games could go either way so i mean they i guess looking back at that ecu game now it's not as you know sky is falling as we all thought oh moment. man the sky <laughs> had fallen and we even had Corey glor call into the post game right and yeah i remember like Corey, now's not the time it's a little <laughs> condescending he didn't mean it that way he actually meant the words he said which was hey guys Tulane's good like this is not a, a one win Tulane team that just beat you here at home we're a good football team and he said I think you'll see that 
by the end of the year again i know pirate fans wanted to hear that after you just got your ass kicked by tulane right and nobody is going to listen to that and and hear the words he's saying but it turned out to be absolutely true i mean we're talking about a team that just beat usc uh the pirate fans were upset that beat them so and it was just 24 points they allowed too it wasn't like a i'm pretty sure what 24 to 9 does that sound right yeah um, yeah something like that i mean you know like but at the time i think just all these expectations around the ecu program we're thinking hey you know we got to roll in here and just storm to a win and just keep steamrolling our way to the season and it, it just didn't happen so um juan powell pirate mm. db um often mistaken as juan on the road uh it is because it looks like juan but it is juan actually it, it looks like juan if you're being technical about it <laughs> yeah when do we make this J silent? When That's do we right. agree to do that? Yeah, the rules on, on J are... <laughs> He's doing it right. Everybody else is doing it wrong. Yep. Uh, so he decided to leave the bowl game early? That's what I hear. I, I, don't, I don't You know. have no confirmation on this? I do not. That was the, uh, the chatter, the scuttlebutt, if you will. And we have... Uh, I saw today he uh, tweeted and could or could not be related to this um him perhaps leaving the bowl game early uh he said god i want to first off uh saying i'm sorry for my actions that i did i want you to help me fight through this situation i caused i truly believe you can help me with this situation i'm in right now going to remain humble and will continue to pray i'm willing to do whatever to not go back to where i came from i have many people looking up to me also i don't want to let my family down i will walk by faith and not by sight please god can you answer me in jesus name amen so kind of a public prayer by Jawan powell which i mean that's tough for anybody to do i, I would say especially for somebody his age to do yeah. to kind of put yourself out there like that again like just kind of connecting some dots here i don't know he still has all the ecu stuff in his bio mm-hmm. east carolina football player so I, it seemed like that chapter uh pal and ecu might be have been done but who knows um we'll see if he's granted a, another if he wants to have another chance here at ecu yeah. i don't know i uh, yeah i guess armed with that you know that i guess that rumor that information you can definitely read into that yeah I, also you know i'll say this i, I think we've kind of learned a little bit about mike houston too just how he deals with some you know maybe they're not similar in a way but um, just some of these issues with players, you know, CJ Johnson was suspended and had to kind of work his way back in the good graces and he had that opportunity to do so. Um, so maybe this is sort of the same thing with Juwan Powell, you know, maybe coach Houston says, Hey, you know, that's not cool, but you know, we're not done with you. You know, we obviously like, like you, we think something of you, so we'll give you another chance. And maybe that's him publicly pleading for that chance. I don't know, but, um, I, I just do think there is a, a little bit of a track record there of Mike Houston kind of sticking with some guys. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I uh, certainly did not have C.J. Johnson putting up the numbers he did in uh, in 2022 after we didn't know if he'd be a part of the team right. for the majority. Of, like, almost leading up to, like, fall camp, Mike Houston was kind of noncommittal about saying, you know, well, he's he's around he he wouldn't say that he's going to play football for us this year and he put a lot of it on cj's shoulders right just kind of saying you know it's it's up to him if he'll come back yeah and, you know right. a lot of that kind of talk so yeah yeah you're right yeah we, we weren't sure and then he goes and has a thousand yards 10 touchdowns remember that south florida game just went off almost 200 yards four touchdowns i mean he he was a beast i mean he he certainly was the physical tools were there you know and he'll, he'll go bully you so uh he was fun to watch but like you said I, we weren't sure what to expect 
Patrick, it was good to see uh, some smiling faces there uh, during that Birmingham Bowl. You had Isaiah Winstead, who, by the way, I um, believe he's going to join us on the program tomorrow as he is training right now in Florida. And um hope to uh, talk to him tomorrow, hanging out with Mike Tyson. Yeah. That's interesting. But he was doing a little strut in the end zone after a touchdown. Yeah, feeling himself a little bit. Holt Naylor's broke out. I believe the kids call it the gritty. <laughs> is that the dance? That's, it looked like it, I guess. I, um, I was a little... At first, but then I saw a replay. I think he did it okay. I've seen worse versions of that. Yeah, done by Kirk Cousins and others. <laughs> so, uh, but man, it was fun to see uh, the celebration there on the field and uh, during the game. It looked like they were having fun playing football. Absolutely. I mean, that's. I think that the last what three weeks of that season was just like holy smokes. Let's get to the end of it. You know, everyone. I felt everyone was really stressed. A couple tough losses. That Temple game was just. I mean, that was you're stressed to the max, right? I mean, just back and forth. So. They looked like they're having fun out there. Um, some, I'm sure some of the players knew it was going to be their last game, even if you know they, they didn't time out eligibility-wise. They probably knew in the back of the mind this might be the last college game, so they had some fun out there. Uh, Robert says, we'll take our lumps next year in football but gain experience to hopefully be ready for the 2024 playoffs. So uh, next year is all about not <laughs> we're gonna oh, let's no. let's not play our good players to, so they'll be healthy for 2024. <laughs> Man, yeah. You can't just have these like, you know, oh, we're going to get gain experience this year and take a year off. When you had opportunities to do so this year, right? Yeah. Theoretically, didn't you have some opportunities? You're talking about Mason Garcia? Yeah, or, or yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I, I don't know. There's probably other times to play some of these receivers, too. I mean, it's just so hard to say, all right, well, since a lot of these guys are gone, we're just going to suck. You can't have that mentality. I think maybe he's setting himself up just in case they don't have a good year. I mean, it's entirely possible. It's also possible that, you know, they click. I mean, maybe Mason Garcia is the best quarterback we've seen. We don't know. But good grief, man. We are going to be... <laughs> I mean, that's early to say. Oh, we're going to be so jacked up for 2024. It's going to be so obnoxious. Let me see the uh, the schedule. Um, because you've got the... Is that when the playoff kicks in, I guess? Yeah, I guess that was it. the 12-team playoff. Yeah, and and you got an opportunity to get in. So East Carolina opens up Norfolk State at Old Dominion, App State, BYU. Mm. Three home games out of the four. You start 4-0 and there. Everybody's going nuts. Yeah. We're, uh, we're getting in, baby. Got to take care of business in conference. Like This place is going to be going crazy just because of that. That little piece of the pie that they're offering some uh, group of five conferences now just a little bit at least you know it's a, probably the best chance ecu has their best path right to the ever playoff. E- yeah. yeah easily by far right you've never even had a path before yeah like they the, they the, barely let the road stop i know they had to go undefeated two years in a row yep just to sneak in yeah uh now you actually have a, a real shot if you can take care of business on the field All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll uh, talk some Pirate Hoops. If you want to talk more Pirate football, get in your question or comment. Steve and I are going to join us at 5 o'clock. More to go. Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest uh, news, amazing contests, and awesome, uh, interesting stories that can make you, uh, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. You can join the over 61,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Happy birthday to my guy. Nephew. My guy. Happy birthday, nephew. So it's not Raji, Raja, or Raja. It's Rajay. Rajay. Happy My birthday. Dad. And Shut did up. y'all see the video of him dancing on Twitter as a little kid? No. Oh my God, you've got to go I didn't see it. That His was dad him. posted it. Oh my gosh, it was great. I quote tweeted. I said, hey. I said, hit that <laughs> thing one time. Unk posted it. Unk did. Unk posted it. That's uh, I, he is getting I down realize, like James Brown, dude. I didn't realize that was him. I just thought it was some random kid dancing. No, he, that was him. Because you, you can hey, you can hear him in the background say, "Go, Rajay, go, Rajay." <laughs> he is getting down. He's getting down. Wow. My guy. My guy. One thing I noticed, I, and I didn't notice uh, this about my guy, um, he was walking good at the bowl game. Troy D dapped him up, I guess. And when, because uh, Pirate Radio put out that video, mm-hmm. and it looked like Rajay was getting around pretty good from what I saw. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, gosh, it's been, yeah, a, it's couple, been. a couple of months <laughs> removed since his surgery. Uh, I believe he sustained that in the South Florida game, yep. which was the first weekend, uh, first or second weekend of October. So I'm, it looks like recovery is going very well for uh, 47. Look at that uh, walk. That's a strut. Look at Patrick. that walk. That's not dude. a walk. That's a that's a confident stroll. Right <laughs> <A> confident stroll. <laughs> He's ready for 2023, baby. Yep. Yes, sir. And uh, I hope he is, because we're gonna need him. Yeah, we'll need him. Him and Marlon Gunn. We're gonna need. I the, like that combo. The gun, the Raji gun combo. Yeah. I think they complement each other pretty well. Yep. A lot of hard running in that, that backfield. It is uh, what Mike Houston likes, which that is to be physical. Physical. Petite. Violent and disciplined. And it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be hard to decide who to put in there, like on third down and short situations. Mm-hmm. Because Marlon Gunn's that power back, and so is Rajay. And you know so. who else is? Mason Garcia. Yeah. He's just power everywhere. He's, He's long. A, so a giant human. 6'5. He's got some pounds on him. What, 240 maybe? We might just go triple option next year. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Who needs receivers? Hey, Jalen Thompson, oh. can you block? Earlier in the program, we were like, who's going to be that go-to guy receiver? We don't even need that guy. We don't need a receiver. Shane Calhoun will be our leading receiver at tight end. Not Oops. a bad option. He catches everything. I, I like Calhoun. We're going to need, uh, obviously, to add to that room. Though. Yeah. I guess uh, Tyler Savage is in the tight end room mm-hmm. uh, currently. So. We'll see. All right, Patrick, you ready for some hoops tonight? I'm ready. 
I'm ready. Coming off that win against Wichita State, I'm ready. And how about uh, a little appetizer last night? The women go on the road and win a game. Yeah. All we can do is win road games now. That's right. When did this happen? Road Pirates. Unbelievable. The uh, women, though, real quick, the Amaya Joyner is, is showing up, and she had four straight games with a double-double. I mean, she is. She's really finding her groove. And she said the last time we got to talk to her, she was just saying she's comfortable. She said when I first showed up, she's like, I thought I kind of had to pass. I was kind of timid. She's like, now I just... You know, they need me to take over and score, so that's what I do. I think that's kind of cool. You can see that that shift, you know. A big fourth quarter, a no quarter last night for East Carolina as uh, Kim McNeil and her Pirates get their first road win of the year, moving to, I believe, one and one in league play. And tonight, East Carolina men looking for their first home conference win of the year after losing to Temple in a frustrating one last Wednesday night. But, man, they're able to shake that off in a big way at Wichita State, only missing three free throws the other night, just a complete turnaround. And really, Patrick, too, I mean, just a spread-out box score when it came to scoring. You didn't have one hero. You had six, seven guys uh, all chipping in. And that's what they need. I know it's really cliche to say you got to have more guys score, but, I mean, that's that's what this team needs. They need a good dose of, you know, Ezra and Brandon doing stuff near the basket. Um, They need some threes. You know, they they just need a good mix because they they do have a lot of different kind of like – play styles with these players and i think if you can score from different spots in the court i mean they're going to be great because ucf's got like a top 20 defense coming in i mean they're going to be tough so you can't just rely on you know javon small step back three kind of offense tonight javon was very very tentative last week against temple Mm -hmm. and and we've seen him have games like that and then kind of try to take over at the end it just he didn't he didn't do that last week i wonder if that is from the direction of mike schwartz or if we'll see him maybe be more assertive uh, tonight offensively. I think he he really has like that pass-first point guard mentality. I know he can score. I mean, he's probably their best scorer, like true scorer, I think, like off the ball. But, I mean, he really just likes passing. So I think he might kind of get in that, you know, that little groove where he's just trying to facilitate and find guys rather than just know that he's he's got to be that guy to score sometimes. Pirates six-point underdog tonight. Uh, Patrick, what's your uh, key or two for ECU? Yeah, I think they just have to find a way to, to score. They can't go on these extended droughts, especially against this defense. Um, and you just got to keep it close. You can't let UCF run away with this. Should be a decent crowd, hopefully, and uh, yeah, gets loud in there. So if it's close at the end, I mean, it was fun last week, even though the Pirates <laughs> couldn't make a free throw and uh, you know kept doing all the wrong things. But uh, enjoyed it last week. Hopefully, we can enjoy a victory tonight. Patrick Mason will be there. Patrick, thanks for hanging out with us. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. You got any it. resolutions? Uh, probably just to get outside more. Just experience nature. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to help you out with that, <laughs> and you can go outside right now. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yep. Uh, mine was to not curse at officials at basketball games. So I'm going to be put <laughs> to the test for the first time tonight. I'll keep an eye on you. I'll Man, know. I about lost it last week. I made a fool out of myself. What are you shaking your in head person at, and on on Twitter? Well, well, I'm just gonna say this. I hope you got it all out last week, because by God, you were irate last week. I have never seen you that mad in section two thirteen. I was mad. You were mad. What about in a different cussing? section? I was his, mad. His his mother was sitting right beside him. You got it, Rip. You got to play. Uh, where Felton goes down. Let's see. Felton goes down. He gets pushed. They don't call anything. Felton throws the ball out of bounds. It's rolling out of bounds. It's really like way out of bounds. Feet. <laughs> it's rolling out of bounds. ECU guy picks it up. Uh, the ref doesn't do anything. The ref sat there and stared at the like 
guys that were laying on the floor. And then he's talking to the temple bench. Why even have refs if you're just going to let the guy – call your own fouls. Call your own out-of-bounds. What are they there for? And then they got to pause and take a 10-minute look at how bad they're refing and replay and review everything. I mean, are we going to – just do your job. At least try. Pretend you're trying. When you got a guy fouled and then he rolls the ball out of bounds and, and nobody does anything. We just keep playing basketball. Brady Johnson grabbed the ball and like looked around and was like, okay, and just took the ball down the court. I'm sorry. I lost it at that point. This is a really good resolution for you. You're, you're, gonna, you're not going to make it the rest of the year. I know. It's going to be tough, man. They, 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 uh, they, yeah, that ball-headed guy. The ball-headed guy. guy. Oh, that my gosh. freaking guy. <laughs> And these, they are, oh, man. I, I'm sure it's a tough job. I know it is. It's he, a tough job. It's a tough job. They do a good job. And they're doing better this year. Cy Seymour, God bless him, told me that the refs are doing the best job they've ever done earlier this year. Mm. I about blew my brains out live on the air. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why. Now I, look, Cliff. <laughs> look. Don't do that, Cliff. I guess it's because I'm... I'm not going to get mad at, at the team. I'm not going to take out my anger there. I get frustrated. I get upset, I, you know, disappointed. But I don't get angry at the players, the coaches. I take all my anger out on those refs. And rightfully so. And, man, I got a lot of anger. But hopefully they'll do a good job tonight. You know what else piss, You know what else gets me? Um, Temple has committed eight fouls. East Carolina's committed two. Well, guess what's about to happen? East Carolina will not get a foul called uh, their way until this thing evens up. So you can get hacked, smacked, jacked, packed, macked, whatever you want. Mm. Tacked. You're not going to get a foul called. You get sacked, racked, zacked, and you're not going to get a call. And then you're going to get cheapies on the other end because they have to even it up because they didn't do their job right the first time. It's God, it irritates me, man. (laughs) Just play it straight, man. Patrick, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm glad I was there for that. Steven Igo joins us next. We'll take a timeout, come back. Uh, We'll open up the booty bag as well. And uh, talk to Igo. Football roster, hoops, and more on the way when we return after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Live well, move more, and hurt less with kinetic physical therapy. If you're recovering from an injury, getting back into sports, dealing with everyday pain or fatigue, the kinetic physical therapy can help you get back on track and live well. Kinetic has nationally certified therapists for physical, occupational, massage, and speech therapy, all in a state-of-the-art uh, facility on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Visit kineticptgreenville.com for more information. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Thank you, Shirley. Chandler Honeycutt here. His heart is purple and gold. His collar is blue. 
the man never stops working steven Iga works pretty hard himself he's got the cork cork sickle uh yeah it's uh darth cool. Va- it's darth vader themed is that new uh it's a couple years old oh okay all right cool There's, i thought there was a darth vader up here maybe it's washed away uh professor Igo, what grade would you give the officials uh last wednesday night in Michigan? i couldn't see the game i was on the way back so oh that's right you weren't there oh based on your tweets f i mean because <laughs> i saw the first half and it was like i didn't think it was terrible yeah. most of it happened in the second half i would give him an f for all the f bombs that <laughs> clip gave him during the game I'm, I just I don't know why it makes me so angry. Well, I do know why. Because I want to see a fair basketball and game. And they were awful. Like, they were legit terrible. Yeah. So we'll see if uh, Baldy's there tonight. What Baldy. They bring. There's always at least one bald ref. There's one bald. And for whatever reason, man, they got they got a, an ego about them. That yeah. to me. It's, uh, I saw, the, I think, the same guy you're talking about doing the Houston UCF game the other day. Notice a few questionable calls there too. <laughs> Again, I'm sure it's a. I'm, I'm positive it's a difficult job. It's just yeah. Uh, the 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 eight fouls to two fouls thing really irritates me though. Oh yeah, I, I tweet about that at least once a year. Like, no, it's like they huddle in a timeout and like, hey, did you see the ECU's got 17 fouls? Yeah, Wichita State's got two. Aaron McKee, I'm sure said, hey. Yeah, just pointed at the scoreboard. The officials gave him a thumbs up, and we, then here we go. We need to even this thing up, and then it's like so obvious when they start calling. Like they'll call like three fouls in one possession. Yeah, like they'll call a guy in the paint that they've they've been battling like all game long, and all of a sudden it becomes a foul, ball out of bounds, little challenge on the perimeter. That's a foul. Now you're seven four. Then you get a drive in foul shot. Now you're seven five. Now they're like, all right, we're good. Seven five. Not as big of a discrepancy there. We knocked out three fouls in one possession. But you see it all the time, man. It's, like, so frustrating. I know. It's got to be frustrating to coaches, although the, it's frustrating to one coach. The coach on the other side's cool with it. Yeah. it's. I mean, that's the thing. When ECU's down two to seven in fouls, you're like, all right, they're going to have to start calling it to even, even this thing up. And I'll say this, the Wichita State game, that is as favorable a road whistle as I've seen ECU basketball get in a long time away from home, man. There were several plays that – there were hard contact physical plays both ways and the refs just let them play which i enjoyed and did it overtake the game especially down the stretch man you you'll see some referees start to call fouls like every possession and it just ruins the game but they let wichita and ecu play which was good to see i forgot to mention when uh temple players shot a three kicked one of our guys in the ass and we got called for a foul on that one three free three uh free throws the old uh stick your leg out yep yeah that i've never been a big fan of that falcon general you shouldn't i mean like if a guy jumps up it's not shoot, a natural shot if a guy jumps up to shoot and like somebody collides into him i can understand sure if he's running out i on hate him. like yeah. if a dude like leaves his feet and intentionally or not even intentionally by accident kicks his legs for like what is the defender supposed to do hop back upon the shot it's ah let me get all this out now so i don't have it uh tonight at seven mike's p says the ref mike's p mike p mike's hard p says the refs have gotten worse because you can review everything oh man they that, say screw it let's review it's it. uh what game was it 
that there was like a million reviews in the first it maybe it may have been the South Carolina game or the home game before that but there was a game this year in non-conference play where they reviewed like eight different things in the first first quarter or yeah. first half and that game didn't end until well after nine o'clock so, uh i go i got a basketball question and a football question for you what do you me. want uh we're talking basketball so we'll stay on topic will says ask i go which postseason basketball tournaments besides the ncaa's and the nit could be in play CBI. for ecu our, our options are limited that's the only i mean it, i don't think the american lets its teams play in the cit yeah the CBI American teams have played, and didn't South Florida win it one year recently? Yeah, a couple years ago. I would think if this team finishes above 500 or even at 500. Now, the thing with the CBI is you basically have to buy your way in. I would think with Schwartz being Gilbert's guy, first, first year, year, young team, chance to, to get postseason experience, they would, they would probably pony up that money to play. Yeah. For sure. Uh, for sure. All right, we have so uh, Jeff Charles dropped a for sure earlier today. Oh, did he? On y'all's uh, graphic, we've got it's been a run for sure. <laughs> we've got two football questions now. Oh no, another basketball question. What is the reason Elijah Jones is going in the transfer portal? Really funny. The man he says family in the team huddle leaves first. I didn't realize he's the guy who's saying family but uh either way well you know his teammates aren't really his family there's it's like a it's every every program says that i mean <laughs> uh olive Jones. garden says we're family are you family members with the olive garden staff okay then elijah jones just he wants to play and he probably was not going to play here in the immediate future if you look at his position he plays kind of the four spot brandon johnson ezra osar are right there and probably aren't going anywhere at least you know they're sophomore and a freshman respectively elijah jones was going to redshirt and by transferring now it's a situation where he could technically get into a new school mid-year practice finish up his redshirt there or even if he doesn't do that he's beating a lot of guys to the portal there's going to be a mass entry uh post march or in that march window i mean there's going to be like you think football is crazy and it is because of the number of players but basketball is even more chaotic and so he's almost like putting his name out there before everybody does and you know we'll see where he ends up i think he's got talent he's got athleticism he needs to get stronger and refine his game but i wouldn't be shocked at all if he goes somewhere and plays i think for ecu you know, Valentino Pinedo has been playing over him. Uh, you've got Luigi Debo. Like there, there just wasn't a clear role for him, and it's so easy to transfer now. I don't, I don't blame him. Uh, Matt says Olive Garden is Italian for family. Speaking of which, uh, how's Mason Garcia coming along? Yeah, that that joke has made its way onto Hoist the Colors. Now I was asked uh, where in Italy did did Mason Garcia gr- grow up? So family. Um, yeah, Mason Garcia is coming along great, man. He's he's basically going to be the entire offense next year it looks like the italian stallion himself uh chris says i'm pretty sure i'll always remember he was dropping f-bombs and he was sitting next to his mama that was chandler talking about me what, what was your mom's reaction to all this i don't know if she heard me so was it a really quiet f-bomb she might have told me to calm down i don't i wasn't screaming f-bombs up there chandler was exaggerating that I might have cursed a few times. How many charges over under one and a half will Brandon Suggs 
take tonight. So how many MPGs is he playing right now? Uh, I think he's averaging like around 20 minutes per game, but recently his role has been reduced. He'll still play in the game. I'm going to say under. I'll say he'll get one. I really hope that he flops and gets called for a block. Just See, why are you doing this now? I don't... Why? Because he... Oh, that's right. You are always a Brandon Suggs <laughs> hater. That's right. I'm going to get to this game an hour early after I finish in the studio, and I'm going to go to the court, and I'm going to say, hey, Brandon, how's, how's Orlando? And I'm going to ask him, did the Sug boat make its way down to Orlando? Is it still stuck here in Greenville? You are always a hater. And that's fine. I'll always, uh, I'll always be. Are a you going to be choo chooing when Brandon Suggs draws the charge? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. How's the felt Suck, belt? Come on. Suck. Let's get a felt belt update. Well, the beep, felt belt had beep, 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 the felt beep. belt has had its moments this year. It's uh, it has been. It's almost an escalator. It's, there was it's one game where he had what seven threes. Six threes. My favorite thing about RJ is when he goes up for a rebound, just grabs it with like one arm, just to show off. And he gets up there like yeah, he's above the win- uh, above the rim. Yeah, he's a he's a freak of an athlete. And I tell you what, when RJ is hitting his shot, man, ECU is a completely different offensive team. I mean, it changes everything. And even when he's not, like last Wednesday, he was locked in. Uh, yeah, late. He's in the always game. bringing defense and it, defensively. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so like he brings value no matter what, and that's why he's on the court. He rebounds, he defends, he's physical. But if he's hitting on offense, and he's very streaky, he's almost he reminds me a much different player, but reminds me of Jamar Abrams. Like it's either all there or nothing's there from three point land. Um, but if he's hitting it, it just like changes how teams can defend ECU because all of a sudden, not only do you have Brandon Johnson, Javon Small, you've got RJ to account for from the perimeter as well. Ed says, "What is going on with Brittany?" Who? Spears. Why do we care? Chandler, you want to get in on this? Is she here? <laughs> I don't know. I'll laugh at that reference every time I see it. It's so stupid. But Who? Mike Patrick talking about Britney Spears during a epic SEC game will never overtime not kicker be was, funny to me. It was overtime. Like The kicker was going out there to kick the game-winning field goal. And he said, what is Britney doing with her life? This color guy was like, what the hell are you talking about? Do we care? Is she here? Is she here? <laughs> the great Todd Blackledge. Is that, that, yeah, yeah, I yeah. it was a respectable... Uh, the uh, East Carolina West Virginia game in 08. Holy God. Jonathan Williams just... Just powered his way in. Straight power. by the Pirates. Christian says, what color is ECU wearing tonight? I don't know, Christian. What do you think? Hey, I'm just asking him. What do you think you're? What do you think he's? What do you want them to wear, Christian? They wear. They're gonna wear gold, right? I'm, I'm feeling white. All right. I feel like they go gold a lot. You are white. You're one of the whitest people I know. <laughs> I am very white. Uh, Christian also says, if I say I'm fan, I would like them to wear purple at home. Yeah, I'm down with that. Would you go so all color game? Uh, UCF would probably go black. Yeah. I think it would look good. That's why I think ECU... Well, I, I guess gold looks good against black, too, but I think white looks good, too. I guess... Or Christian says, if I say I'm family with Igo, can I get courtside seats in Minji's? No. Do I don't have, have that? that type of power. You can come sit in 213 with <laughs> us, though, because that's where I sit. <laughs> At the very tip-top of the rafter. Did you pull the fire alarm? Oh, you weren't there last week. It wasn't we me. We had a fire alarm uh, before the game. 
added to the intro and that was it it made for an awkward situation because (laughs) nothing was going on no music was playing nobody was saying anything they had just like the teams were like sitting at their respective benches yeah nothing was was going on for like two minutes nothing happened yep i didn't realize charleston's ranked in men's basketball um I just saw that on the bottom line. Let me ask you all this. Did they have a band? No. No, they did not. No. But where the band was supposed to be sitting was filled with people. Like the whole bowl. $8 tickets. Yeah. So today is five days before the start of the semester. I want to guess that the band, the ECU band will not be there. Will they have a high school band? I would assume not. Well, they started, Pitt County Schools started back today. Oh. So maybe... There's a chance. Let's hope so. Havelock was awesome, by the way. Really? Havelock did good. And then was it Green Central that mm-hmm. was earlier this year? I love that, Just man. Just bring them both back, man. We need all the band, the juice from the band we can get. Need a band. Johnny G, basketball man, says since uh, we're still on hoops, does the Jones transfer and scholarship opening, uh, do we target another big, the team I with Sear? How do you say his name? Uh, Sear Malanga. Sear Malanga. I, I think it's best available. I mean, I think best available, yeah, if you could get a dominant big. But to me, like, I don't think you won't. You know, if you can get one legit big man to play kind of spot play here or there in this league is the most important thing. Like, I thought Luigi provided great minutes the other night at Wichita. He like, has found his role. Yeah, like, he comes Come in, in, he plays hard, rebounds. He, energy. He hit, I'll tell you what, when ECU was struggling – I can't remember if it was the dunk or the the hook shot he hit to kind of get the ball going into the hoop to kind of start that run to get back into the game. So that's the perfect role for Luigi, man. You want to talk about family? He's the team dad. Like he's yeah he he's the one picking up the kids. I mean, out there. he's a JUCO player who I think came in as a junior and is in his fourth year at ECU <laughs> due to COVID <laughs> medical shirt. Like I I I tell you what, man. Like we we pick at Luigi some because like. He's fun to watch, and he, he looks a little bit awkward out there, but you got to respect the heck out of the guy, man. I mean, he he busts his tail every practice I'm out. He busts his tail in the game. Uh, we were up with some people in 213, Brandon Manning, and um, I think it was Brandon Manning talking about it, but said that Luigi's there at the basketball camps, yeah. and he's got like seven kids hanging on all of his arms and by, like he's, he's just a good guy yeah awesome dude to talk to like you can tell really loves ecu appreciates the people here and like you pull for a guy like that and yeah it's not the prettiest thing to watch at times but um it's awesome to see him still finding a role and still having success all right um i got good. a question for i go was there any kind of have you heard any reason of why elijah jones has decided to go Shirley, take us to break. Damn. My God, <laughs> you, this is this is a hundred percent a bit. I don't believe this. Did he, was there an explanation you gave? We already talked about this. I but did, did he have an explanation? No, no. Don't act like you you didn't know. You've seen me. I've been sitting here watching you guys and listening. He has been looking at us this whole time. I have. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Just like yesterday when you were talking to us and you repeated what I said. Pretty so sure there was I, no explanation. I made contact when I was explaining why Elijah Jones was in the portal with you as you were looking at us. He must have just been <laughs> zoned out. Yep, right over his head. 
man. Or can you give it to me one more time? <laughs> there, he doesn't have one. Well, I mean, you said playing time and get in early to the portal. Yeah, get into the portal. Maybe man. go mid-year to another school. You need. You want I go to save more? I, I need to. I need you, you need to me. elaborate a little bit because this doesn't I make guess. any sense to me. Uh, he wants to play. There were multiple players ahead of him. He could transfer mid-year to another school, get in, start practicing with that school, finish out his redshirt, and already be on the roster for next year. And if that doesn't happen, then he's already on the radar for teams that are already looking into the portal for next year. Good explanation. <laughs> it's the second time I've explained it, so you're welcome. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll open up the booty bag when we return. A lot more to go. Um, I am... Uh, I'm saying the sky is falling. Destry says, please ask Igo to confirm the sky isn't falling when it comes to ECU football and players leaving. Uh, He needs help, and we'll see if Igo gives him that help after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. To get the business services that are right for your business today, contact the team of experienced local bankers at First Bank. The team includes bankers you can trust like Ashley Capps, Lee Watson, Bonner Latham, Chris Richards, Josh Hooten, and Heath Nesbitt. First Bank, together with their customers, they're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. First Bank on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Talking NIL, talking other things during the break. Uh, didn't mention this. Uh, Chandler, we talked a lot about uh, the Manning cast on Monday Night Football. Are, do they have a playoff one? Maybe they do have one more uh, for the playoffs. Maybe like a wild card game? Yeah, because ESPN has a Monday Night Playoff game now, I want I believe. Um, I watched the, what was it called, field access or whatever for the college football playoff games. And in one they had... Like Taylor Lewan. Lawan was with RG3 and yeah. a couple other guys, and then for the other game, it was McAfee and uh, some guys, and it, I was entertained uh, and informed. Uh, it was it was it was really cool. Uh, I enjoyed diff- watching that. A lot of split screening going on though, right? Yeah, where, where, yeah, and that kind of bothers. I'm going to be honest. Well, we I know see, uh, you have trouble focusing, so yeah. I could see where that would mess you up. Yeah, like I want to see a big. I want to see the the game on a big widescreen understood well how do you watch the manning cast like with one eye like well see there no <laughs> you cover half your tv well see no their side is very you know thin and narrow <laughs> okay there's you still get to see a lot of the game understood i guess none of y'all uh watch the field access nope no. nope and nope all right fair enough um you think tcu has a chance steven me yeah, neither huh? I mean, who thought they would beat Michigan? I didn't. Nobody. That was weird. Way to go. I think they've got a chance. I just, I can't believe Sonny Dykes is coaching a national championship game. I know. Like, it's just. We were just. Garrett Riley. Ripping him apart a couple years ago. Yeah, I just don't, I didn't think he was that good of a coach, but clearly, like, 
he's taken that roster and he was big on the portal his last <laughs> few years at SMU and he took that same approach to TCU but my thing and I heard this conversation on Sirius XM Radio early on the ESPNU channel they were like what does this say about Gary Patterson who everybody sees as this <laughs> awesome coach they he, went 5-7 and seven last year they kind of stalled out he obviously built that program he's but, an awesome coach yeah I mean he definitely I get is. the talking point but it's like is it just kind of show how much football has changed you know yeah because they wouldn't be in the national championship if Gary Patterson was still there yeah that is true uh but and this is not like an insult but like i think that they're a one-year wonder i don't think they're going to do this every year i don't think tulane tulane might go like seven and five next year i could see that happening right whatever like sometimes all the pieces just come together like tulane like not to cut you off but the way they won i mean they had such a low percentage until that ball went out of bounds at the you know they were down eight yeah usc got backed up without that safety they're not going to win the game yeah more than likely you gotta have the freak play special seasons you have to have those freak things go your way right all right um let's see it was destry on youtube that's why i think tcu can win just because it's been that type of season yeah they uh, seem like a team of destiny georgia is a monster uh please ask i go to confirm the sky isn't falling do we have offensive linemen ready to step up can houston portal in linebackers and a purple tsunami of skill guys help it's a lot there Destry. i'm not being doom and gloom i'm just trying to pump the brakes on eight win season win a bowl game everything's going in the right direction the sky's the limit like well i think you got to have fair expectations i mean you're losing a ton of production that doesn't mean other guys can't step up you know i think in some cases where guys have been playing as older players you may have more talented players behind them that have been recruited they're just inexperienced so you're going to have growing pains with inexperience i do like some of the early additions from the portal i like the linebackers they brought in i like the dbs they're bringing in a bunch of talented dbs i think those guys in time will be good players but you know anytime you have inexperience you're going to have some some things that happen unexpectedly um if you're a coach or whatever so you have to deal with that at the quarterback position which is the most vital position when it comes to inexperience obviously keaton kind of erased several mistakes on offense just with his talent so you're not going to be able to get away with those mistakes either on the offensive line or if you mess up uh, at the you know a play like the play at temple where they literally dropped the ball just flipped it to keaton and he goes 80 yards for a touchdown so i think they're gonna have to do some things different offensively but i think mason is a more natural runner faster more powerful than holton so you could do some different things in the run game um you've got a new offensive line coach coming in who can bring in maybe some new concepts in the run game to make you a little more diverse there too if you want to go that route because I think there's still going to be strength and numbers in the backfield. You're just going to be down the explosive home run ability of Keaton and also the experience of Ehlers. Clearly the sure-handedness of C.J. Johnson and Isaiah Winstead. But, you know, when I look at the entire picture, my thing is who is truly irreplaceable? Like, to me, the, the two pieces are definitely Holden and Keaton. Holden's experience and then Keaton's explosiveness. So you're going to have to find other ways to to overcome that. The good news is you look at the roster, they've recruited well on the defensive line. They've recruited well on the offensive line. They still have to add a few more pieces on the offensive line. But you've got 
like five or six guys who have been in the program, who have been developing, who are ready for their shot. You supplement that with maybe a transfer or two on the offensive front at tackle. I think you're in pretty good shape there. Defensive line, you should have basically everybody back. So you look at the fronts, which is the toughest place to build in a short amount of time. Those are in pretty good shape. Now you just have to get the pieces around them to have a solid football team. Can we do a quick exercise? Um, I want to run through some positions, and you tell me a player on the roster currently we haven't seen a lot of that could be part of the future winning at East Carolina. Okay. We can skip over quarterback, I guess. Yeah, I mean. All right. So, do we have to skip over running back as well? Um. Well, I mean, we kind of know Marlon Gunn has a chance to be the guy there. Yeah, he doesn't it. count. He's played. Yeah. I All mean, right. but Camaro Edmonds, I like Javius Bond coming in. They're also looking at a transfer in for a visit this week. So Javius Bond was it high school? High school. All right. What about Nemo Squire? Nemo Squire also in the program. Pop McKay still in the program. Wow. So I mean, they got a ton of running backs. Pop, I feel like I rode him off two years ago. We're still waiting to see what Pop's going to do. I mean, this is his shot. Going in the spring ball, I mean, it's no Rajay. <clears throat> Keaton gone. If you're a running back, this is your time, man. Yeah. Like, how can you not get fired up about that opportunity? Uh, how about receiver? And we saw a couple of glimpses in the bowl game. Yeah, we saw guys. Taji Hudson step up. I didn't even know he was. I didn't even know who caught that ball on the sideline. We were on the opposite side in the press box. I was like, who is that? Is that Audio Matosha? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it was Taji Hudson. Um, Brock Spalding continue to hear good things about him. Kerry King, we've seen flashes of. Jari Patterson is a guy who was actually. I don't think he played. Yeah. He may have played special teams. He didn't play on offense, I don't think. Um, and so those are just an, a few guys. You know, we saw Tyler. Okay. You're just naming what? guys. I want you to you tell me, me a guy All right, Brock you think will be a part of the winning future. Brock Spalding. Thank you. I like him in the slot. Uh, is there anybody at tight end? Uh, there's, <laughs> there's a guy from Germany. They registered to Max lunch. <laughs> yeah. Bring your lunch. <laughs> I don't know if he'll be ready next year, but I'm going to say Max lunch. All right. Is there an offensive lineman uh, in the program? We have not seen yet that will start Jacob Saker. All right. How about D line? D line. I mean, they got, where's my guy Mount Everett? Where's he playing now? He's a line. Okay. Cause, uh, D-line, we've seen everybody play except C.J. Mims. So, I, I'll just say, uh, yeah, like I think J.D. Lampley takes another step next year. Is C.J. the next Chandra Mims? He may be. All right. Uh, linebacker. Does it have to be somebody in the program or incoming? Incoming's fine. Uh, Taekwon King, North Carolina A&T transfer. Coming really King, you best him. not miss. I also think Taylor Jackson will play a big role next year. What about, this is a guy that I... S- literally like drooled over whenever during one of the signing days jacoby simpson jacoby simpson is he's got a chance to step into a role next year linebacker linebacker all right uh db corner oh let's our go, guys let's go corner safety our, our long juco guys yeah siobhan revel revel he played uh, a lot i guy. revel in his six, you guys go with revel i'm gonna go ibm oh Isaiah yeah brown murray yeah offseason uh darling from last year IBM. So, uh, okay. Y'all haven't talked safety. <clears throat> well, I said DB. I mean, there's like a there's six, there's like 50 DBs on the roster. Name like, one you we like. Have a, uh, Name one you like. 
Uh, Dude, we have a safety on campus today. You can't name one you like. Yeah, there's a safety on campus today. His name is uh, Plaque. Plaque? That's his last name. Plaque. He's a Delaware all C. How do you spell that? P-L-A-C-K. Plaque. That's all right. He's going to plaque you, man. going to plaque you. Um, safety. Uh, there's a ton of young safeties. Uh, Devin King. So two guys named King on defense to watch out for. Him. Yeah. Uh, Jack Dover says Eric Doctor. Eric Doctor is a guy on the edge. You could I feel say like I've heard his name a while. How long has he been in the program? He'll be going into year number four. Yeah. Okay. I uh, would love to see these guys same position. So there's like, I mean, there's probably a collection of twenty to twenty five guys. That have been in the program two to four years, or that will be in the program two to four years by next year, that like it's their time. Like Holt Naylor's he he can't play forever. Keaton Mitchell can't play forever. You already got four years out of CJ Johnson. Jaro Wilson was here five years. You know, a lot of these situations are because COVID created the extra year. So like you look at a guy like CJ under normal circumstances, he would already be done. It's just he's got right. that extra year. You got some other guys like Malik Fleming, Jeremy Lewis, who would be done, but they have an extra year, and you know we assume they'll be back um, at this time. So Noah Henderson, he decided to move on. He was another guy that was here five years, if you count his redshirt year and the COVID year. So some of this stuff, the, the the coaching staff has been preparing for it. It's not like they didn't see the possibility of these guys leaving. They knew Noah Henderson was leaving in the preseason. They knew C.J. Johnson. There was a good chance he would not be back. Keaton Mitchell, they hope will be back, but they also knew it was a possibility while they signed Javius Bond. Yeah. So they've been preparing for it. Does it make it easy to say goodbye to these guys? No. But it doesn't mean they're not ready. Uh Johnny says, I hope I'm not pulling a Chandler. Did I go get the pal question like P Mace did? Had to step away for a second. So at halftime of the ECU basketball game last week, I go, uh, my cigarette buddies were talking about how Jawan Powell left the uh the birmingham bowl and i was like what i hadn't heard that and uh then i started to hear that (laughs) so uh and i I read his tweet earlier where he kind of put out a uh basically an open prayer on which we think is in reference could be could we don't know yeah could be anything what at this point do you know about juan powell and his status i don't know anything other than that he's he's started the game on playing on special teams he was on the field pre-game something happened at halftime where he <clears throat> was not on the team in the second half did not take partake in the celebration you know basically was told he left the team at halftime and didn't return so you know i would assume he would not be a part of the team going forward but obviously there there's conversations that could be had in the postseason um that could change that he's not in the portal yet i don't know if he's still like planning on coming back to school for the spring semester or what so that's something i hope to have some clarification on i'm uh, expected to talk to to mike houston for an interview in the coming days so hopefully we can get some clarification on some of this stuff with the roster we got you know a lot of movement this time of year there's a lot to juggle there's no no downtime man with college football now it is if you're playing in a bowl game i mean as soon as you get done with the bowl game it's transfers recruiting who's leaving your program do you know bryce said he thought they um get a winter workouts within like a week or two basically like when they come back to school they start working out so i mean next 
next week. I don't know when the official like period of winter workouts. I think there's a, a time frame for how long they get. But like guys will start working out once they get back on their own with Big John. Um, so I mean it the players are only gonna get a few weeks off. And I know that the incoming players like Raheem Jeter, Javius Bond, they were scheduled to move in uh, starting today. So I mean it just it is truly a three sixty five twenty four seven deal. And a nice plug for 24-7 sports. I mean, it's good for business because we never have a downtime. There's a ton of great chatter going on on that board right now. The offseason is turned into where basically it's easier to sell what we do, our subscriptions, our site, in this time of year, like December, January, because there's so much movement. There's coaching changes in the industry. Um, This time of year is more so... Like people are more involved with the chatter and wanting to know what's going on than in season, where everything is visible on the field, right? And we just kind of react to it. Now it's like it's <clears throat> a ton of stuff being done. But th- I mean, that's it's basically college free agency right now. There are nine transfers visiting the next few days for ECU. You know, we'll see how many they get, but it's uh, it's crazy, man. All right, uh, Shirley, can you open up the booty bag for us? Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right, 317-1250, what are you... <laughs> Matt says, do you see us opening up a pipeline to Italy in the future? <laughs> what are we giving away today, Shirley? How about a $10 gift card to AJ McMurphy's? All right, and what call are you looking for? Six. And Shirley, if that person didn't win in the treasure chest, you can ask if they want to go on the air with us. If okay. they don't, that's fine. If they do, we'll ask a question. So. Sure. All right, we're back. Uh, we'll be back with more after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, congratulations to Mike Ward of Greenville. Picked up a $10 gift card to A.J. McMurphy's. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and fun is A.J. McMurphy's. They have daily food and drink specials, an awesome patio, and there's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Rock. And AJ says live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. And as we head back into the show, Clip, Mike is on the line. Mike Ward, you say? Yes. Oh, good, Mike. I want to. I want to say, oh, Mike, uh, congratulations for another awesome Mets offseason. They did it again, Mike. Man, you guys are great from December to around uh, July. And I just want to congratulate you again, man. Don't forget who has the best record in the history of Major League Baseball on opening day. (laughs) (laughs) What a Yeah, that's that ready to go. (laughs) Hey, bet on the Mets opening day, folks. There you go. Mike, uh, congrats, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Hope you are, Clip. Yeah. Shirley, let me get through. I, I told her and I told you in a tweet, I believe I was caller 11 four different times on the treasure chest. Oh, so man. Well. I always, get, I always get through 11 months out of the year, but not the 12th. 
Mike's uh, Mike's son has been on our show, Shay Ward, uh, baseball player at Pitt Community College. What's uh, Shay up to now? Hey, he's actually at ECU as a junior year. Junior this year, going to play on the club team and do that shot. Awesome, good stuff, man. That's good to hear. Yeah. Uh, Chandler, you got a question for Mike? I think Mike's got questions for us. Oh, is that what you said, Shirley? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna flip the script on y'all. I'm asking the questions. Today. Oh boy! All right. I've already got the gift card, so I'm gonna ask. The <laughs> yeah, I've already. He's already came. You, you don't have it in your hand. <laughs> She's already got my address. Uh, Shirley, I talk about that work. <laughs> All right. So, Clip, who is on your Mount Rushmore of Atlanta Braves? The Mount Rushmore of my Atlanta Braves. I'll put the crime dog Fred McGriff up there because I played first base uh, in Little League and I guess Babe Ruth whenever he was a Brave. Uh, I will go with, well, I'll go Terry Pendleton because when I first started watching, I think he won MVP there in the early 90s, but he had an awesome year during the worst of first year. And then when they, they made those World Series against the twins and blue jays uh that they were not able to win but um so i'll go pendleton mcgriff gotta go uh chipper obviously who uh had a lot of fun at chase stadium and against of the mets of course you had to put chipper <laughs> you gotta put chipper there if he wasn't chipper's there and then who gets that fourth spot um could go with well i i thought um my favorite pitcher of the three and it probably changed throughout the years but um, John Smoltz looked like my uh, my late great uncle David Brock, so I like John Smoltz because he reminded me of my uncle. So smoking Smoltz uh, was my favorite of the uh, the big trio there. So I'll I'll put him up there. That'll play. That's certainly a strong four. All right, Chandler. Yes, sir. W- well known that uh, you're Panthers fan as I am as well. You want Steve Wilkes to be the next next head coach as do i if not steve wilkes who is your next choice for a head coach of the carolina fan uh i guess it would be a guy that is being talked about right now uh jim harbaugh i'll probably get jim harbaugh okay okay he's had some success in the nfl that, that yes super bowl yeah. all right next surely you you and i are exactly like uh played travel softball for many years traveled up and down the east coast doing so what was is your favorite place to play travel softball good question um that's a good question Uh, now i haven't gone to too many places i can i can probably count just shy of two hands um but I would have to say, because it's it's a repeat one, it's it's one I've done every year for the last few years, I would have to say Tampa. Um, nice. The Gasparilla Softball Classic is one of my favorite ones because, you know, you're you're traveling down there in February. The, the weather's usually pretty good. Um, it was only cold one year, and then we had some rain, like, the next year. But other than that, I mean, but it's a load of fun. And, you know, you're right there on the water. It's, you know, you can't beat it. I mean, really, for a tournament in February, you really can't beat it. Especially in Tampa, that's exactly right. Yep. Or always a good des- destination in February. Oh, yeah. I go. You, you still there? Yeah, what's up? Bonus question. All right. Why is Elijah Hughes 
Why is Elijah Jones leaving? <laughs> <laughs> and why did Elijah Hughes leave? Sir, <laughs> uh, uh, are you just asking that as a joke, or do you really want to know? No, that was a joke. Okay, good. <laughs> Very good, Mike. Hey, Very, you're a good well interviewer. Done, well done. You're way better than questions. me and us here. That was great. As uh, the baseball fan that I am, what what series are you most looking forward to? coming up uh this season for the pirates and who outside the conference do you think will will pose the biggest threat to them good questions um i think i mean the obvious is the the north carolina series just from the standpoint of it's kind of become a i guess somewhat of a rivalry now they're going to do it every year for the foreseeable future just talking to cliff goblin where they do you know, three game series the second weekend of the season, and as of right now, they're going to do two home, and then the third one at the other team's venue. So I like that. This will be the third time they've done it, the second straight year. Um, so looking forward to that. As far as you said, non conference opponent who's going to create the biggest threat? You need to see a schedule. Yeah, I might need to see a schedule. I'm pulling up real quick. Uh, it's a really good non conference. I mean, I know that. Um, the Keith LeClaire Classic is going to be good. You know, Indiana, that's the last year's schedule. I was about to say, I do not want to play Bryant again. <laughs> yeah. Indiana came in a couple of years ago and took it to ECU in the Classic, and they are back this year. Long Beach State, really good once again. Liberty is another series I'm looking forward to. Uh, that's a weekend series. I'll probably say Indiana or Long Beach State, I feel like those teams have the talent to make it a really fun weekend, a really challenging weekend. And then all the midweek games are tough because there's no gimmies. You know, we look at Duke, ODU, uh, Elon, Campbell, all those games are tough. So it's, a, it's it's as difficult a schedule. I don't know if I really answered your question, but it's as difficult a schedule as ECU's had in baseball. It did. All, all those are certainly ones to look forward to. Long Beach State has been good for, for years, and it's one of those teams that's on the West Coast that's forgotten about, but it's always very competitive, so I'm excited about seeing them as well. Mike, great job, man. Clip, I appreciate you entertaining me for these few minutes. And, uh, again, appreciate everything every one of you do there at Pirate Radio. It's always enjoyable. The Mike Ward Show uh, right here Good on Pirate stuff, Radio. Man. I like appreciate it. it. Congrats, Mike. See you, man. Thanks, Clip. Thank you, man. There is Mike Ward. Uh, good news. Tonight, live inside of Menji's Coliseum. You will hear the tunes of Beargrass High School. Let's Play go. the hits. And I like that the high schools play some of the Minji's they classics. Play. They learn the the staples. Yeah. So Beargrass will be there. We'll have a we'll have an environment. We'll have a basketball field. Two thirteen is going to be rocking, rocking over uh, under uh, eight and a half people in two thirteen. Over. It's been packed this year. I'm gonna go over. Matt says no Dale Murphy. That I remember Murph. I remember the bat wiggle, but Love I was Murph. I was too young. It was a little before my time. I remember it. I was not a diehard fan when Dale Murphy was there. And I blame my age for that. I can't help that, Matt. I was around for Murph. I can't be, you know, I can't be older than I am. Steven, thanks for joining us. Hoist the colors. Um, you had an emergency pod after Keaton Mitchell announced his decision, right? 
Yeah, and I just think it's yeah. a situation where. All right, you know what? <laughs> you we'll ruined just, it, Cliff. We'll just wrap up the show. No, check out I'm, the hoisting. I'm sorry, podcast. that was mean. I did want to give a shout out to Butner Pirate. Scott Lord Badger. I meant to bring this up with LRB. I'll bring it up with Troy uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. What am I saying? <laughs> tomorrow. He did the. Uh, he, ranked he ranked ECU's yeah. bowl wins yep. and had a good write up for him. And uh, we'll discuss that on the show. That was cool. So it's not just Igo putting out the good content. You got some great uh, fans. We uh, just elevated there. him the Hoisted Colors moderator. So I guess he's. He responded by doing a piece of content. Yeah, so it was great. It was awesome. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. I'll see you in 15 minutes. I'll see you over there. Bye. Shirley Rhodes, Chan Man, Blue Collar. Keep up the good work. We'll see you tonight. I know you'll be working. If you get a chance, if you get a breath, just give me a wave or a well, what's up. Three o'clock Thursday. We'll be back with you here on Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.